This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody, you're listening to the Super Jcast and it's our Wrestle Kingdom special. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. Damon, how are you doing? I'm great after that after that rendition. That was that was wonderful. That was I couldn't believe I couldn't believe how many um Quality instruments you can uh, replicate through your voice alone, Joel. You, you have a hit. It's layered, Damon. <laughs> You're like the Eddie Van Halen of doing voice stuff. I don't know what that means. Um, what a wonderful time, Joel, right? I mean, we have had quite, uh, quite a week. And uh, while I, you are already back home, I am uh, currently in a hotel bed uh, with uh, my lovely wife. Who is enjoying some YouTube videos right next to me? She gets to she gets to hear this as it happens. She's thrilled with this with this idea of, of two hours of pro wrestling talk after she's gone to uh, two shows. Um, but she admitted, Joel, I did get something from her that she enjoyed herself immensely at both Dash and the Dome. So uh, I got a, I got a double win right there. Well, could it be a triple win? Damon, was there was there anything else that she enjoyed? Now that we are sponsored by the excellent <laughs> Manscaped.com. Well, let's 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 put it this way: we have a, we've had a very busy week, so uh, um, we can we we can <laughs> we have the opportunity to have ourselves a a Manscaped live uh, live groping if if need. Oh, she just literally just hiked up the 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 the, the, uh, the uh, uh, comforter. And is shunned away from me <laughs> in a in a most unromantic way. So maybe maybe not. Maybe we're going to go two for three this time. What, you can't win a ball, David. No, certainly not. This is I'm going to I'm going to chuck this one, but as a loss, as she looks at me like, why am I here with this man? <laughs> oh. oh fuck! I'm going to have to find another angle in. Um, all right. Well, let's open up with a couple of questions then. Um, Outlaw Mud Show aficionado says. I need to know how big of a dent was made in Japan's Strong Zero inventory. Oh. And Anders says, what is your favorite memory from this Tokyo trip? Wow. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> okay, let's start. Let's start, let's talk Strong Zeros first and stay on brand here. Um, our good friend and listener of the show, Manabu, is a legend. This guy... On both nights, both days, whatever you want to call it, both of you know, first, fifth, fourth, and the fifth, brought strong zeros, uh, like seven each day, all in different flavors. We had a wide, we had we had the variety pack of strong zeros during this trip. Let, let me list them. He told me exactly what flavors are. So we had triple lemon, bitter lemon, salty lemon for fried chicken, triple grape. White grape, 
triple peach, uh, flash feeling lime, bitter lime, bitter orange, double grapefruit, double shikawasa, double fully ripened plum, uh, yuzu double, and dry. So he literally bought one of every flavor for us. Isn't it unbelievable that he is so great um, to just to do that, to spend the time to be like, oh, they had that one. Let me bring, you know, make sure they get this. Unbelievably great. Uh, just, he's just and, a- and snacks and magazines. Right, right, right. Was it like he, that was like, yeah, he is a legend. Um, and I, I, I think he's hilarious. I think he's funny as fuck. Um, you, you know what he said to me yesterday, Dave, and I was chatting to him on the Line app. And uh, he, he says, now I'm drinking Strong Zero and eating Jagarico. You know, Jagarico, they're like the kind of long sort of potato snack things. Yeah, yeah. And he says, Strong Zero and Jagarico are a better team than the Young Bucks. <laughs> yeah, I love him. And, and you know, just talking like um, he would... Uh, you know, he would describe his favorite matches. Like he likes sprints. He likes. He doesn't like those long epic matches. Um, not a fan. Um, and we were talking about that, and he was just making me laugh with those things. And and once again, every year, he comes. Uh, he hangs out with us outside. Um, meets everybody. You know, is is right in the mix with everybody. And then he leaves, and we beg him. We plead with him. We'll get you a ticket. You're here. Just. Get in the building. Um, and he never does. He's just like, nah, it's not for me. I'm going to go home and watch it. <laughs> I was like, he's the greatest. Um, so every year, it is such a treat to see. So the Strong Zeros were concerned. Now, night one, and I'm sure we're going to get a deeper dive into this. Uh, night one wasn't um, wasn't the best night for David. <laughs> but uh, and Strong David, Zero- half the questions I received... <laughs> We're uh, addressing the issue of you falling asleep. Like, seriously, about over half of them were some variant on that theme. So let's get that out of the way. I don't want to drag you over the coals for it. All right. Um, yeah. So, again, for, 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 again, and we're going to go through all this entire show. So, um, and it's, this is going to be a little bit scatterbrained because we're all still in cloud nine and I'm still in the middle of my cloud. So, um, we'll talk about best Tokyo memory and best memory of the weekend, I'm sure. But um, um, let's just let's just take care of this first because I know it is a hot topic <laughs> from from many. Um, and why not? Because how on brand, unfortunately. Um, the, the, the again, we we've talked about my issues before when it comes to meetups and meeting new people and doing the positive stuff um, that I always wind up enjoying immensely and and getting the greatest memories from, but yet I go into it like an absolute maniac. And I, I, I go into it with the best intentions. And of course, as as listeners of the show know, uh, I have that, that two strong zero maximum rule that that is self-imposed because I know from past performance when I have a day like you know the fourth I go into it pretty hard in the sense of you know I'm going to use this again that I try to walk that fine line of oh I'm I'm sociably okay with the, the drinking, right? And and I'm you know, I'm able to interact and boom, I'm just a cool guy and look at me go. Boop, 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 and I got the gift of gab and 
I'm shucking and I'm jive, you know, I'm I'm all over the place, right? And then uh you know, that that line is very thin, right? <laughs> and can be and you could go over that line very quickly. So we started off with Dezimas at the meetup, right? Um because we oh, they had... were delicious. I've <laughs> one of the highlights of my trip. <laughs> you loved them. I find that hilarious. Um, again, these Zimas back in the day were, you know, they were like wine coolers. Um, so they had their, they had a huge peak, and then they just died out. And you, it's like they don't sell them in the states anymore. They don't, I, we only get them here. So it's like when when they're here, it's like I got to get a Zima just be, just because it's hilarious. Um, so, you know, I ordered, like, we were double-fisted Zimas right out of the gate, right? And when we got there, um, I can't be- I can't believe how many people were there. Just, you know, we got there a little bit late, and people were already at the tables, and we filled up. So how many tables did we fill up? We filled up a lot, didn't we? Yeah, so we had decided uh, a little production meeting off-air was that we ain't eating food in no TGI Fridays in Tokyo. So we met up for... A little pre-game tonkotsu ramen, which was absolutely spectacular. Yeah. So, oh, that soup is just so thick. Like you said, it's like engine oil. Anyway, so we had our tonkotsu ramen. So, we, we rocked up fashionably late. And, yeah, it was packed. Like, we, we struggled to get a seat. Yeah. Yeah, we, we almost didn't get in our own thing. Um, we, were, we, were, we were, like, shuffled away back in a corner. Um and then, uh, all right. So, so again, the minute we get there, it's like, okay, it, we're let's get the party started. We're it's, it, Nolan and Liam are here. Let's, you know what I mean? Like, and I remember saying that like, we're Oasis. Let's go in. Um, and let's let's do this. And we 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 stroll in, and everybody's there, and it's like, whoa, a little bit overwhelming right out of the gate. I was just like, whoa, there was a lot of people here. Um, and then and then so it's like, okay, let's get you know, let's get that party started. So, I was like. And and I know traditionally how Fridays is with you know sometimes they're you know it gets a little little crowded so um, the wait staff gets a little bit overwhelmed so it takes a little bit sometimes to get the drinks going so you have to kind of think about ordering two at a time just to make sure that you're 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 good so that's what we did boom but they and those went down super simple right they were just like go 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 done go 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 done and now we're going. Uh, and 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 those kind of kept coming, so I would say what not even a half an hour in, and you know we we got the equivalent of like four beers in us, and we're we're ready to go. Um, then it's that that gets done. We're feeling pretty good about ourselves. We go up, and it's party time outside at our usual spot, right in front of the um, the merch stands. And, you know, it's everybody's there and everybody's coming up. And, you know, it seemed like people were coming up in waves every, you know, five, ten minutes, every 15 minutes. It was a new face. It was a, a new friend, a new uh, longtime listener. Uh, you know, <laughs> plus, I got to be honest. So there was one dude. What was his name, Joel? The guy who, so we're at Fridays. And he basically says, Damon, I listen to the show and you know I, I have similar things going on with when it comes to the travel anxiety and he's like this is my first time in Tokyo and you were a large part in that 
and I was just like, oh my god, I, I almost got choked up. Like it was, it was. I uh, get me another Zima. Yeah, right, right. That was that was it. You know what I mean? Like I got, I'm like, whoa. But and it, that blew me away, and that just made me so happy. I like, I didn't even know. Like again, I'm sitting here in my underwear in, in a bed in a hotel room. You know, if you you saw the state of the studio, <laughs> quote. It, um, but yet. The the impact that it would have on a, on a, on someone like that, like I I just found that to be pretty awesome, like overwhelmingly awesome. Um, so anyway, we get back up now. It's strong zero time, right? And here's one that went down super simple because it's we're with the lads and we're, we're, and we're, and and here we go. Um, and then another one became, you know, two, and two became four. And I probably had about two of the tall ones and about when it was all said and done. <sighs> My recollection is maybe three or four of the smaller ones in in a relatively short span. Right Now, again, was I... It, look, it was irresponsible, but okay, whatever. It's stupid as fuck is what it is. But it is what it is. Um, plus... I really don't sleep well here. So, like, the first couple of days, I probably got about three hours of real legitimate sleep. Um, anyway, excuses aside, so we get in the, in the building, and I'm, I feel fine. I don't feel bad at all. Um, I don't think it was out of control. Joel, would you say it was out of control? I wasn't out of control. Um, no, not at all. Oh, and then uh, in the seats, and here we go. Right around that Lance Archer match, I think, is when things started getting a little... Oh, I just, I, I could just could. It, it's just one of those things where you're just like, I cannot for the life of me stay awake. I just can't keep my eyes open. So I was just like, you know, you just want to rest your eyes because why not? And then the next thing you know, I'm getting elbowed by you. Like, you know, <laughs> Romo's coming on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck. And there's nothing I can do. There's I'm, I'm struggling with every ounce of struggle I can. And yeah, okay, so... Yeah, I was I was a fucking disgrace. <laughs> I can't put it any other way. And I'm apologizing to Joel. I'm just Joel. I'm so sorry. And he's like, "Don't apologize to me. Apologize to yourself, asshole." Um, but yeah, that's. I mean, that if I'm being truthful, I was a fucking, I was a joke, and I, you know, I vowed that it wouldn't happen again. So that's that. At least it happened on night one and not night two. But you know, I, I understand. And we did have a wonderful time. And I also want to say thanks to all the great people we met, particularly uh, Katty from our Discord, who, who's a tiny pink mouse on the Discord, who had hand-knitted some clothes and little socks and gloves and a hat for my future daughter. And she made you the most amazing New Japan scarf. And like it had all these separate layers and each layer had the little logos for various wrestlers and you know that kind of stuff. People would pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for that. So that was incredible. Unbelievable. And I got on Discord, Welky gave me some homemade chili sauce. Um, we met our good friend WH Park again. We met John Pollock and Wei Ting from uh, Post Wrestling. Just an awesome time all around. Yeah. I mean, that scarf. I'm still blown away by it, you know. Um, and we saw her uh, in. Um, I, you know, we were getting just a quick bite to eat. Um, 
And you know, I, I when I showed Cheryl the the scarf, she was like, "Oh my god, she made this for you!" And I was like, "Yes." I was like, "It, it was you know, it was just an unbelievable piece of work." And the time that, uh, how long do you think that had to have happened? How long was it? Was it mentioned? Months and how, months and months. Unbelievable that anybody would do that for us. Um, I was, I, you know, I'm I'm looking at it right now, and I'm just like. I, and so much talent, you know what I mean? Like I could never do something like that. I wouldn't even know where to begin to do something like that. Um, and you know, so again, that was super awesome. Uh, who was the guy from 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 Birmingham who you were hanging out with a little bit in the beginning? Do you remember his name? Oh, he gave me Jaffa cakes, and I've been working through them over the past couple of days with a little cup of tea. Oh, that was a very welcome treat. Yeah, he was a great guy. Um, and again, he, you know. Just, just you know, the the fact that he's, you know, I, I, I like, I kind of gravitate to people who just, just seem a little shyer than, than maybe somebody else, just to make sure that I want them to feel included. I want them to have fun. I want to have a great memory. I want them. To, I'll do everything in my power to make that happen. So, you know, to have be like, no, you're sitting with us. You're hanging with us. Come, come, sit here. Um, you know, I don't want you just floating off somewhere else and. I want you to be in the mix because the mix is so much fun. Um, yeah, I mean the names that you rattled off. Look, it's 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 an unbelievable day. It's an overwhelming day for me. I don't handle it well, but at the end of the day, it's like I get so much joy from it and so much pleasure from it and so many memories from it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm self destructive I don't know what it is, but it it the the, the positive of it is just the memories and the joy that that day brings me and hopefully and it seems like others agree that it brings other people too so um thank you to everybody who's who who made it to fridays thank you to everybody who hung out with us on night one because night two was even uh, as special um it was just an overwhelmingly great experience that again i fumbled <laughs> and uh uh, I will be better for that. So, um, yeah, that's that. Well, I'll tell you one thing you didn't fumble, Damon, is your cock and balls. Because <laughs> while you were asleep, I, I had a little, I had a little peek in there. You were, you were totally <laughs> unconscious. I was like, I, you know, I wanted, you've been, you've been bigging this up on the podcast for weeks and weeks and weeks. I wanted to see, did it live up to the hype? And, and it certainly did. Because I can tell you've been taking full advantage of the twenty percent off and the free shipping using that code SuperJCast at manscaped.com joining all the other dudes helping themselves with the excellent products to keep yourself looking neat and tidy downstairs well thank you very much i appreciate the compliment but uh, again all credit goes to that manscaped.com right manscaped that uh that we love and others that uh you had shared with me uh feeling the same way they took advantage of that code that 20 percent off super jcast just go to manscaped.com Super Jcast is the code. You get twenty percent off free shipping, right? A, a, a double dip of greatness from Manscaped. Again, free shipping, twenty percent off using the code Super Jcast at Manscaped dot com. Um, you know, we had we had people that uh, had uh, placed some orders over the holidays, right? So maybe they had some holiday cheer as well, right? uh, getting that under the tree, and then. Uh, Maybe underneath the mistletoe, as tradition has it, uh, maybe maybe they maybe they uh, experience some uh, great holiday joy. 
and uh, you could too. The, the you know you could have the holidays all year long. That's the great uh, thing to think about with Manscaped.com. Um, I appreciate your kind words, and again, I love their products, and you will too. Um, again, the uh, lawnmower. 2.0, not a neck to be had, not a cut to be had. The, the 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 creams, the deodorants, it keeps you dry and it keeps you fresh. And uh, let me tell you something. I uh, brought a little bit of it uh, here in Tokyo all day long. And you again, your first-hand account apparently <laughs> from, from the peak that you had, uh, all day freshness. Right? You'd agree, right, That smelled great down there, Damon. <laughs> it was like a breath of fresh air. Really? Because, like you know, Tokyo Dome can get a bit, you know, fuggy, a bit stale. I was like, hmm. So I was just sort of periodically <laughs> dipping my head down into your uh, groin. And, yeah, yeah, give me that. It was, yeah, a lovely kind of sort of frosty, citrusy smell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just picturing the visuals. Um, manscaped.com we love you we appreciate all that you do for our show and again uh, show your love to Manscaped and show uh, your love to your loved one by purchasing at manscaped.com again manscaped.com not, not like your grandma loved one or your pets or anything no. I mean, your romantic partner loved one please yes let's, let's be very clear about that um, but I'm glad Nan that- Nan check this out <laughs> Yeah, check, look at this. Smell these things. Let's watch from Wrestle Kingdom. And uh, <laughs> oh, this is getting gross now. Oh, we've we've lost it. Um, but yes, thank you very much, Manscaped. We appreciate everything that you do for us to keep us clean, tidy, and keep us entertained as well. Okay, let's get straight into it. So, uh, night one. So, Dynamite Scott says, how about your seats? How close were you and how well could you see? The dome seating looks like a nightmare. Uh, night one wasn't great because one of those sort of pillars that hold up the sort of rigging thing, the lights and stuff in the middle was right directly in front of the middle of the ring. So any action that was taking place in the middle of the ring was obscured by that. Night two was much better, but you do sort of find yourself, you you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to alternate between looking at the ring and looking at the screen. And I just found myself looking at the screen quite a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thinking, okay, I'm I'm sitting in the Tokyo Dome, basically watching the matches on New Japan World. But that's not why I got. I don't go for the view. I go for the the experience, the atmosphere. I I wouldn't substitute that for anything. But the sight lines are not the best. No, they're they're certainly not. Um, And and sound does get lost in that building. it, it can get it can get very quiet at certain spots, and then other spots. Um, again, as we'll talk about here tonight um, on this show, it felt like the roof was going to blow off the place. Um, yeah, it's more about I guess it's more about the event itself, right? And it's more about just the atmosphere because there's I don't care where I go to watch a show, I don't experience that kind of atmosphere anywhere else. Um, yes, it's, there is something to be said about the magic of a Cork and Hall or um, a 2300 Arena or something along those lines where it's a little bit more intimate, a lot more intimate. But um, there is just something grand and something spectacular and something, um, I, I don't know, I, I just love the energy of the Dome. I love being in the building. Like I always, like, there are moments where you just look around and you're just like, I'm in the fucking Tokyo Dome um, with you know 40,000 other Pro, rabid pro wrestling fans. Um, that's that's a good feeling. So yeah, the sight lines might not always be the greatest, but uh, I'm, I'm I'll be truthful. I really enjoy the vibe of of the event itself, and that more than makes up for it. 
All right, well, the attendance for night one was 40,008, and they had actually opened up some of the outfield seats. So they could have said, oh, it's a sellout, but they didn't. They tried to go for a few extra tickets. And it's a huge win here, Damon. Yeah, yeah. That that. I mean, we looked around that building at that time, and it was impressive. That is a big win. Um, and again, to, to follow it up you know, with night two, uh, while it might not be, you know, we're not breaking any records here. It was still, you know, an, an impressive showing. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we had speculated earlier that the fourth traditionally has the name value, has the has the um, connection with people, and plus, was you know, it was the the, the night two people had to then go to work, right? Uh, so. Uh, the casuals may have just gone to night one, um, and that seemed to be the case maybe a little bit, um, and maybe those extra people hoping that the walk-up and the uh, idea of uh, a championship match that was exciting on paper would have had a little bit more of a walk-up. Um, maybe didn't come to pass as much as we had hoped, but yeah, uh, night one, you, you you could feel all all forty thousand, and that's a good number to see on paper, right? To see see them break that that uh, forty thousand mark by eight people. <laughs> and we I uh, noticed actually when the show started, we had quite a few new young lions uh, ringside as well. Uh, now, Damon, when we talk about the matches with these reviews. I don't want to be accused of negativity because you know how much we hate New Japan. We're always ragging on them. People are sick of it. So only two match ratings are available to us here for this show. I'm borrowing from the legend Jim Sterling. So all these matches uh, we're going to discuss will rate either great or perfect. Okay? Okay. That that sounds fine because, uh, again, we I don't want to be accused of being um, negative in any way, fashion. Any way, fashion? Is that a word? Is that a phrase? Anyway, fries? Um, yes. So great or what is it? What are we using? Great or what now? Great or perfect. Okay. And and of course, uh, we'll, we'll skew toward perfect. Of course we will. <laughs> All right. So the opening match, this was untelevised. We had a um, stardom exhibition match with Arisa Hoshiki and Mayu Iwatani defeating Julia and Hanakimura with... Uh, Mai Iwatani pinning Hanakimura in nine minutes, four seconds after a moonsault press. So this is a big moment for stardom. Wonderful for them to go out and get their products in, uh, sold out, kind of sold out 40,000 capacity Tokyo Dome. Um, good match. This is perfect. What, what do you think? I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of any negative. Uh, and, and again, no, I know we just you know, threw out you know, a little bit of a, of a joke here, but uh, it only positive things came from that and and here's the thing even before that match they had you know promotional videos for stardom um on uh, the video screens so uh, as people were getting to their seats and getting all set you know they were already seeing a little bit of stardom on their on 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 you know a little taste before even the matches started so nothing there's nothing that could be negative from that from that experience from from I mean, would would have been great to have it on the main show. And okay, all right, I'm not even going. To, I'm not. We're not even going to get into that. I thought this was a plus for all parties involved. And dare I say, I thought the match was pretty good. Right? I thought the match. I mean, listen, they're not going to give you the the best of what they have, but the, you know, 
in in a sense of they're not going to give you the, their championship. You know what I mean? Why would they do that? That would be stupid. Um, they gave us a taste. They gave us a great sample. They gave us a great plate of what they what people can expect from stardom. Now, would it be great again to to be on the live show? Yes. Would it be great to be televised? Great. These are all things that we've discussed before of why it didn't happen. What did happen was positive, and I'm giving it a thumbs up. Opening match two, team of Alex Coglin, Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks, and Tawa Hinari defeated the team of Yu Oemura, Yotosuji, Tomoaki Honma, and Togi Makabe with Tawa Hinari getting the pinfall over Yotosuji, which was a bit of a surprise because I think a lot of us expected Makabe to, getting, uh, to get the pinfall here. And I know you and Tawa Hinari were enjoying a lovely bit of beef sukiyaki on Sunday while I was... Uh, oh no, you were doing it on Monday. I was supposed to be there, but out on, we had to change it from Sunday because I had to go to fucking... Akachan Honpo to buy baby shit. So, uh, how was your lunch with Hidari? And how happy were you to see him get the pinfall here? Uh, it, it was a pleasant surprise um, for the for the pinfall. Uh, he what a great guy. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. He was uh, super nice. Uh, look, Cheryl's got a new favorite pro wrestler. <laughs> right? Um, she's she was uh, you know nice and kind and funny and uh you know it wasn't like it wasn't like an like a uh a, a guy who was always you know hanging out with people so he's going to be reason no he was fun and and the meal was great i i, I felt bad joel i really did because it was unbelievably delicious um and what an atmosphere and i was we had this we had our own room basically um in, on these huge, like very comfortable chairs, they were there were massive chairs, and he had these the most comfortable pillows on there. Um, uh, look, I'm so, I, I felt terrible. Um, I, I wish I, I wish there was some way that it was you there as well, because you would have you would have lost your mind. Uh, but Hanari was great, um, very very friendly, very cordial, um, a good dude. Um, we were talking about New Zealand a lot and. Like I, I just wanted to talk to him, you know. Just I just didn't want it to be like let's talk pro wrestling the whole time, but let's, you know, I just kind of wanted to get to know him, and he was he was a, a good dude. So uh, yeah, that was that was great, and the the we were with the post wrestling guys as well. So um, awesome time, uh, and our, our, again, good friend of the sh- the show, Frazier. What what a, what a legend this guy is um, to line this up and to make this happen, and um, yeah, I mean, he, again. We, we we praise him for just being the good guy that he is um and he made, he made uh he made, had a a real special day lined up for us and i i i, I can't thank him enough for it because it's a memory I'll, I'll i'll never forget it was a great day All right well if you've quite finished the sukiyaki circle jerk i'm going to get back to the match here um now Togi Makabe, who we talked about before uh, the show started, he was in the ring for about 90 seconds in this match. He took one bump, Damon. It was a big spine buster from Carl Fredericks. And if you think that's incidental, then you are wrong. I think that is very deliberate and shows the respect and how high they are about Carl Fredericks. When you see him live, like you really do see what New Japan sees. Like, like you can see why there there is such a... I don't know. I don't want to say he's he's on a on a, you know a different level or anything like that. 
and I don't mean to say that as, as, as a disrespect to any of the other young lions, but man, you really can, especially in a live environment like that. Like he did, like the Tokyo Dome and, and even Dash, like it didn't feel like the environment was too much for him. Like he felt like he fit just perfectly in like this scenario. And you can see why New Japan is kind of like giving him just a little bit more of a, of a boost um, it feels like when it comes to to the young line status, he looked he looked sharp. Uh, I, I I really just I think the world of him. Um, even though he did push out on that uh, strong zero challenge, but <laughs> that's that's another story altogether. Okay, uh, the next match then was opening match three. Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tenzan defeating Manabu Nakanishi and Yuji Nagata. Kojima pins Nakanishi after five minutes, 47 seconds with a lariat. Uh, Damien, was this great or perfect? It was great. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to be honest. Why, why? Why did we do this? Like what was the, give 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 me the reason why Joel? Okay, was, I'll was tell you why. Okay. I'll tell you the reason why. All right. Um, it was d- during the press conference today. It was announced that Manabu Nakanishi will be retiring on February twenty second in uh, an event at Krakon Hall. So this would have been Nakanishi's final match at the Tokyo Dome. Mm. See, I didn't know that. I see. You know, I'm 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 strolling around Tokyo, king of the world, and uh, I missed that news. So was that that announced today? Yes, along with the Fantastic Mania cards. Oh, okay. Well, then that, that makes a little bit more sense. And I don't feel as uh, um, I don't feel as bad uh, thinking that. <laughs> well, I do feel as worse feeling. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say? I'm tr- I, do, I do a podcast. I can't talk. You know what it is? Because I'm sitting here in in my in this bed with my. This never happens. Before. Are you sitting or are you lying? We're lying. We're lying. I we're I am. I, so you you are vertical. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, not vertical. Horizontal. What am I talking about? Yeah, you're horizontal at the moment. You're doing horizontal podcasting. Yeah. Um. And like I'm in a hotel room, so I don't want to be too loud, and because I know I have a bit of a booming voice, so it's just a totally weird. About I'm totally out of my element right now. Um. And it, and and what's that? Are you getting a thumbs up? Oh, it's like don't pay attention to me. Okay, um, but yes, congratulations, uh, Manabu uh, Nakanishi, for many great years. Um, so I take back everything that I said of why this, this match had to occur. Um, it makes perfect sense now, um, and uh, we'll we'll see you off. In, in, you said February. Yeah, February twenty second. Okay. Well, we're all excited, and I'm sure Good, goodbye be- to the. <laughs> Our second favorite Manabu in in New Japan sphere. <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly right. All right. Right. First match then is the Jushin Thunder Liger retirement match. One, Ryusuke Taguchi, Tatsuhito Takaiwa, Shinjiro Utani, Naki Sano with Kunyaki Kobayashi, defeating Tiger Mask, the great Sasuke, Tatsumi Fujinami, and Jushin Thunder Liger with El Samurai with special referee, Norio Honaga. Uh, I said, Damon, on the last podcast, are you sure we're not going to end with Taguchi doing a hip attack and one, two, three, and you scoffed at me, and that's exactly what happened. Look, I understand, and I said this to you, the reason why I love Jushin Liger so much is maybe one of the things that gets me the most frustrated about him 
is that he is the guy that's like, no, you know, I'm going out um, uh, and I will lose. Um, in the moment, like, you know, after it's all said and done, you, 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 you see this with, with a little bit more clarity. But trust me, at the time of, of, of that occurring, uh, is it fair to say, Joel, that I was not the happiest guy in the world with that finish? I want to try and find the, the tweets because I drew exact quotes down at the time. Uh, in typical, uh, thoughtful Damon fashion. Uh, here we go. Uh, clear, level-headed. Sorry, so this is, this is not good podcasting. That's perfectly good podcasting. But let me give you, before you give the quote, I'll give you my thought process of, of, of like, so the pinfall occurs and the first thing I... Oh, wait, no, no, sorry, sorry, I, I got it, sorry, if I might interrupt. Okay. I fucking hate Taguchi and I fucking want him dead. If they don't turn off Taguchi's fucking music, I'm going to blow up this place. <laughs> Again, <clears throat> perfectly level-headed. Um, so everybody knows um, Mike, uh, our f- friend Mike. Uh, who I again I went to high school with, um, and he loves Taguchi. I mean, he and this is his first time in Japan, and Mike kind of sticks out like a sore thumb in a, in, a, in a sense because he is big as in like Shaq big, like he, he like Mike could dunk a basketball, um, and he and he's got that Shaq build right, and he reminds me a little bit of Shaq with his humor. Um, so you know, if you're looking for a visual. I mean, he's a big guy, um, and he loves and he, he just loves to gooch. That's just that's his thing. Like he just loves him, um, and so many people know him as 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 the the, the crazy Taguchi fan. And I told him this, so it's, this is not a, a bit bad thing. So it's it's fine. It's, but again, when that pinfall hit Joel, all I saw was his dumb face, and I just was like enraged. <laughs> That he got pleasure out of this match, and I had to sit here and sulk while my guy, oh, the, the 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 next the last match of his career is is taking a pinfall to Taguchi. Of and again, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have mind if it was any anybody else, but him. I was like motherfucker. Uh, so yes, that uh, again, the thing that I love about Liger is this again the thing the thing that frustrates us because it would have been great to have at least one. The guy has when was the last match? Liger's won, Joel. It has to be. It felt, feels like a year ago. It might have been that uh, Taichi match in the Best of the Super Juniors in 2017. <laughs> feels like it, anyway. Feels like it. I was like, just this is this because he's not going to win like two, and we talked about that. Like we knew that wasn't happening, but oh, I just couldn't believe that. I, but again, I, we understand why. Blah 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 blah. But it's pro wrestling. Give give us the moment. They didn't give us the moment. They and they never do. New Japan never does this. They never they never stay, you know, they never veer off the course. They are so stubborn in just just that straight ahead. And we're not gonna go off path just for a moment, just to give people pleasure. <laughs> they just eat right off track. Uh that was that was hilariously frustrating. How did you enjoy the match seeing all all the old fellas involved? It was great. I mean, I uh, I welled up more than once. Um, it's the whole weekend has been really weird in 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 that regard. Like, I don't get sentimental over 
athletes retiring. Um, I, 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 I really don't. I don't know. I know what it is, but this one, I mean, this was the main reason and, and the focal point for me for, for going. Yeah, it it hit me in that moment where it was like, Whew. I mean, and and a dash was, uh, I mean, so great. But yeah, it was, it it was, uh, it, and again, a a a multi man tag early in the show, and I'm and I'm getting emotional thinking about it now. So it's, you know, it's it's it's, it was great. It was great to see all all those people, Sano and Sasuke and. Yeah, it was, it was it was it was perfect actually. It was really nice. It's like an episode of This Is Your Life. <laughs> it really was. Guests. Yeah, it really was. Um, and and you know, I got to see all of it as it played out. So yeah, it was it was it was it was. It got the nostalgia scratch, um, or the itch scratched, um, but it was more than that to me. You know, it was it was more than nostalgia. It was. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was a, it, that match was a this is your pro wrestling fandom life, Damon, um, in a very large sense. So it it, it was it, I was happy to see it that finish aside, which drove me bonkers. Second match, well, I might just lump together the second and third match. So second match, special eight man tag: El Desperado, Taichi, Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr. beating the team of Bushi, Shingo Takagi, Evil Sonata, Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, submitting Bushi with the Jim Breaks armbar in 8 minutes 39. And the third match, another special eight-man tag with Yoshihashi, Toriyano, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto defeating Chase Owens, Yujiro Takahashi, Bad Luck Farley and Kenta, Goto pinning Yujiro after 8 minutes 17 with the GTR. Uh, were these great or perfect, Damon? Perfect. <laughs> they, actually, they were pretty good. I, I, I did enjoy them. Um, again, when you get multi-man tags going eight minutes, you know they're, they're a sprint. They're not boring. By any stretch, um, look. I know, I know, Dave. I know the work was good, and I know why they were there. They were to set up the night two matches, and I know plenty of people enjoyed them. But leave that shit on the road two shows. Don't give me this in the Tokyo Dome. Like, if I'm in Japan, I go to Sushi Zamai. I don't want no California rolls. You give me that premium tuna. <laughs> what else can I say? I, the, I said at the time these were unworthy of Wrestle Kingdom. These were the the visible cracks. In the two-night format, they could have done better here. But, um, I mean, having said that, at least there was no Enzo. So, uh, in conclusion, <laughs> great, not perfect. Right, right. That's, that is a valid point. Look, uh, I had people come up to me and be like, you know, what? take the 16 minutes that you took for, to, have, to make sure everybody got on this show and just give, like, a, a you know, a Shingo Ishii match or, you know, something along those lines. And I get that. I, I, I understand that, that thought process people have. Um, these matches were there to, to help progress storylines, create future storylines, um, and, and to get people on the show, it felt like. Um, and I think I, I, I could appreciate that, but you're right, Joel. I mean, the, the, give me, give me the tuna as opposed to the California roll. We got a couple California rolls here. The fourth match was IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with David Finley and Juice Robinson defeating the champions Tangela and Tamatonga in 30 minutes 25 seconds after Finley pinned Tamatonga with acid drip uh, acid drop and Finn Juice became the new IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Uh, this was a toilet break for a lot of people. I, you know, I, again, I don't know if that's because of the 
match placement. It just came in the middle of the show where people needed a Wii or they just don't give a shit about these guys or they don't give a shit about the titles. Um, I like Juice's outfit, though. The police hat with the, the multicolored fuzzy balls on the top and his handlebar moustache. I, I did notice that Gorillas of Destiny were looking a little bit forlorn out there. Um, I think Nicole was mentioning something to me about how they might have had some personal business going on. I'm going to try and find exactly what she said, but I did notice that Tangelo was repeatedly too sweet in the sky. So I don't know if they they had something else going on. Um, oh, and they also on commentary said that it was Finley's first Wrestle Kingdom match, which it wasn't because Finley was in the Never Six Man Gauntlet in Wrestle Kingdom 11. And I like that the two of them were wearing matching gear. And uh, it's just interesting that Gorilla's Destiny never win at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I thought they might keep this... Um, the belts and go in and break the defense record but they didn't uh they ended at seven uh, bad intentions have a record with 10 and they followed the match layout that i suggested on the last podcast which means obviously these guys are confirmed listeners of the show uh there's a moment i really like where um finley's getting attacked in the corner and then juice is screaming debbie get out of there <laughs> and i thought tangalo is really good here i thought he he carried the majority of the match he showed intensity shows some big moves his timing was spot on with the key interception spots like knocking people off the top rope even gotten an enzagiri and he took the big big top rope hurricane rana uh, he's a guy who gets a lot of stick at times but i thought he did well here and i thought finney made a great baby face solo comeback uh from the hurricane rana reversal of the superpower bomb there were some really good near falls with a kendo stick shot roll up in particular crowd I thought got into it after being pretty quiet uh, for the most part. But from that point on, they were loud. And they had a really strong closing sequence that topped off what I thought was a good match. Um, and I hope Finjus can revitalise the division. They need some fresh challengers. You know, people like Evil and Shingo and Dangerous Techers and Ibushi and Tanahashi and the like. Let's see these belts showcased, um, maybe even in the States. So, yeah, I thought this was good. Me too. And I and I agree with everything that you said. And this was one of those matches that um, I you know, went for the rewatch, right? Because um, it was a little cloudy, you know, in my memory. But you're right. They, 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 they had a crowd that, and I don't know what this was, Joel. And even on night two, and we made mention of it, there were there's a lot of people that get out of their seats for juice matches at the Tokyo Dome. Why? Yeah, it's like it's like a Pavlovian reaction, isn't it? As soon as you hear, yeah. everyone just gets up and starts streaming towards the exits. Right. I mean, I'm not. Just, I mean, we're huge fans of um, the idea of Juice and Finley and and the actual it, 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 it panning out of them winning the titles. I love it. I think it's. I think it does breathe fresh air, and I do think God have. Um, have had really good big spot matches um, for th- that that involved the, the tag titles. Um, they ha- were in a very tough position where it did feel like they were going to lose that crowd quick, right? Because here's the thing: the crowd didn't have them, didn't have their backs in the beginning, you know. They, they, people were yeah, sh- after that red hot bullet club versus chaos eight man tag it was a <laughs> thankless task for right. us to follow that one up right i mean um and again and this is not a knock on juice but it, when that music hit it was noticeable people getting up out of their chairs 
And whether that was bathroom break time or whether that was let's go get a snack time, let's go get another beer time, um, it, it, it felt that. But they won the crowd back during that match. Um, and it did feel like that there, there were, especially, again, that closing stretch. I thought the, the, the people that stuck around with it or got back in their seats at least um, were into it and were invested in it. And uh, I love the idea of them as tag champs. I think it does bring freshness um, I love the idea of these these names that you mentioned, especially that last one. The, I mean, in 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 three days, we've really put some new life and the and the possibilities of the tag titles being relevant again um, are, are are pretty clear. I, I can't imagine them fucking it up. Um, it's because it's 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 there for them if 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 they want it. Uh, to make these tag tag titles relevant again. Yeah, I, did, I just had a look, and there's something about he mentioned they were wrestling with a heavy heart. So yeah, it looks like something may have happened to them in their personal lives, which affected that. But again, if that is the case, they managed to compartmentalize that and put on what I thought was a decent match. So the next match on the card was the. Fifth match, which was the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match, the Texas Death Match, where John Moxley, the challenger, defeated the champion Lance Archer in 40 minutes 26 uh, after a Death Rider through two tables, and John Moxley became the new IWGP US Heavyweight Champion. And I really enjoyed Lance Archer's new outfit, the, the spiky helmet, the trash can lids with Mox's name spray painted on them. And he looked like he was having a blast out there. And it's so great to see him get a big singles match at Wrestle Kingdom, even though he didn't win. And I'm not sure he would have got that match had it not been for the typhoon and Moxley's cancel flight prior to Wrestle Kingdom. So, um, yeah, good for him. And I thought it was a huge improvement on last year's US title match at Wrestle Kingdom. They had a hot start. The crowd sounded really into it and the fans really loved Moxley as this unhinged defiant brawler he feels like such a star in this company and the intensity the the brutality of both guys made it really compelling there's some nasty weapon spots there's uh, Mox getting a chair thrown in his face Uh, Archer driving the point of the kendo stick into Mox's throat Uh, Archer throwing Gabriel Kidd at him uh, there was a choke slam onto the apron, suplex onto chairs. There was an, even an EBD claw with a plastic bag suffocation spot. And there was one moment where Archer slipped on the rope walk and Mox, being an absolute pro, didn't miss a beat, just started battering him with a kendo stick and, and covered that really well. And I really like the way that the weapon spots were used to subvert each other's regular moves, the signature moves. And they didn't overdo it with the count spots. There were only a handful of them. And the first was well into the match after a suplex onto the two chairs and the trash can lids and a flying knee. So they weren't like counting after a side Russian leg sweep or anything like that. And the transitions from spot to spot weren't as laboured and contrived as last man standing matches usually are. I thought for the most part, they're pretty snappy. It was like bam, bam, bang, one spot to the next without too much time setting things up. Uh, one thing I disliked is doing the spot where there's a big crowd of people standing and waiting to catch a guy. I, I'm with CM Punk on that one. We should stop doing that. Uh, the EVD claw counter into the armbar was great. Finish was really great with the, the table spot teases. Like First they were teasing the blackout through the tables, then the spear through the tables, then the choke slam through the tables, and we got the decisive Death Rider, uh, which looked amazing. There was blood. Great little touch of Archer just nearly getting up. He made it to his knees by the eight count, but then he just rolled over and he was done. 
And I also really enjoyed the fact that there wasn't a clear baby face and heel dynamic here. It's just two violent, crazy guys beating the piss out of each other. And the crowd were really hot for this match. And not the kind of match we usually get in New Japan, let alone Wrestle Kingdom. So I think when they're used sparingly like this, they're really effective. They're a welcome change of pace. So great job, both it, guys. I, I agree 100% with what you just said. It was it was a, a change of pace that energized the people in that building. Um, it, it was a change of pace in, you know, again, we're seeing tables and weapons and it was just something to shake you, right? And to, to kind of wake people up, except, of course, me, <laughs> the joke side. Um, but yes, you know, it, it's, it's it in hindsight, again, looking back, and, and remembering what we said and, and the feedback that we would get was, you know, uh, I don't know if this is going to be that great. And I don't know if, if this is what we're looking for in a Wrestle Kingdom show and Texas Deathmatch. What exactly does that mean? Because, you know, we're pretty conditioned to seeing these things not being, at least in modern times, being that great of, of matches. So they had felt like they had a lot of negative pressure on them um applied by dopes like us uh questioning if they could pull it off on the other hand i know you have two motivated guys that were going to do creative things um dangerous things and and provide that car crash element i think this was perfect i really do i think this was and, and perfectly placed on the show because you know let's let's be honest after those Multi-man tags, and again, during in certain moments of that tag match, I think everybody needed that shot of Red Bull. Everybody needed that um, cup of coffee to kind of wake them up and shake them up, and I think this was well done, creative, fun, um, two motivated guys willing to go out there and, and, and do some pretty dangerous things, it looked like. And you're right, that last spot through those tables, I mean, that's, that's, that's I rewatched it again. Uh, it was it was dangerously great, right? I really thought so. So no, thumbs up for me on that one. Sixth match was IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match with challenger Hiromu Takahashi defeating the champion Will Ospreay in twenty four minutes thirty three seconds with a time bomb two as Hiromu becomes the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. And I said last week I thought there was terrific build with. You got the current unbeatable ace of the division in Osprey uh, against the guy who was going to be that ace until his injury. And they did a really good job building up just a little shred of doubt in the row two shows as to whether Hiromu could could hang with an extremely confident Osprey. Hiromu's entrance video is completely bonkers. I loved it. You got cats, you got flowers, silly dancing. Uh, I remember originally thinking in 2017 that Hiromu would be a kind of Brian Pillman like dangerous lunatic character, but he's evolved into something totally unique with a, a superstar aura that I think has got the potential to transcend the, the usual ceiling that the junior division typically has. I mean, the fact that it was the third from the top on this show, I think speaks volumes to that. It's it's getting there. And Osprey did a terrific job in 2019, pushing those boundaries. So I would love to see Hiromi take it to the next level, elevate the division even further. I, I'd love to see the title main event in more shows this year and Hiromu's outfit was beautiful he looked like a, a bird of paradise 
like he was part of the Notting Hill Carnival or something. And and also shout out to Will Ospreay's White Tiger outfit too. And I did speak on the last podcast. I had some worries about whether Hiromu could still keep up with the pace of a top match, especially after a few dodgy moments in the Road 2 shows. But he did not miss a single beat in this match. And Will was acting like a complete knob, which was great. He was slapping Hiromu on the head and relaxing on the top rope and stomping on Hiromu's neck. And he did the hangman DDT on the same bad neck and is repeatedly going after it throughout the match. And I saw shades of Okada in, in Osprey to that effect. And that, that incredible spot that everyone's talking about with the Sasuke special into the German suplex on the ramp and Will lands on his feet, Hiromu suplexes him through the ropes back into the ring and then there's another Sasuke special. It was really innovative, well executed. The only slight, slight thing, there was an unfortunate drop kick missed by Osprey and I, I just wonder if Osprey was reluctant to really nail Hiromu with it considering his injury. But it wasn't a big enough problem to take me out of the match. And they had a nice story later on with Hiromu trying to avoid the hidden blades, which he did twice. The first one, he collapsed in exhaustion. And that made me think, when Will finally landed it, that Hiromu was done. I thought he'd lost, because that move has been pretty well protected. I think Ibushi is the only person who survived it. And I loved Osprey using the Made in Japan as a little nod to his rivalry with Shingo. And then the Liger tribute with the Shooting Star Press. And the crowd really bought into the Oscar near fall, in spite of the fact Osprey doesn't pin anyone with the Oscar anymore. And there was that awesome sequence late on where he went, uh, Hiromu goes for the Lariat and Will flips flips around into the powerbomb and then Hiromu transitions that into a destroyer. That sequence was breathtaking. And yeah. that was a moment, Damon, where I knew Hiromu is fucking back. He's as good as he ever was. It was flawlessly executed. And this match, it just felt like a true epic when Hiromu survived the Hidden Blades. Osprey kicks out of the time bomb. No one's ever done that before. So Hiromu busts out his new finisher. Um, and they ask him about it. What's the name of your new finisher? He goes, uh, time bomb two. He, he looked like he hadn't really thought about it. And then the, Gino said, as he landed with Gino goes, oh my God, he's killed him, which was a great call. And apparently Will Osprey worked this match with a broken heel, which yeah. is absolutely staggering to me. I, just two of the best wrestlers on the planet, in my opinion. This lived up to all my expectations one of, if not the best junior title matches at, at Wrestle Kingdom. And like the announced team said, this this was main event worthy. Oh, Christ, yeah. It was it was unbelievable. Um, you know, watching this on New Japan World, and I, I have to point out the, the, the excellent job and, and the commentary team to add even an extra element to a match that was just unbelievable. I mean, look, say what you want about Will Ospreay, whether you're a Will Ospreay fan or not. How could you how could you hand wave this match? Hiromo, I don't think there's a person on planet Earth that right now can have a negative thing to say about Hiromo, right? Uh, I mean, you're right. He feels like he is legitimately on on another pro wrestling level um, when it comes to who is who he is. Who? Because here's the thing. You're right. He. It's very easy f- to be like the crazy, wacky, oh, I'm, I'm off my hinges kind of dude, um, and have that be <sighs> tired. And played out, and okay, yeah, we get it. You're you're crazy. You're a wild guy. 
he just has this charm and lovability and at the same time an unpredictableness um it you know it's like take the best parts of like sabu right back in the day and take the best parts of you know you know uh, the the Brian Pillman is a great example of the you know the, uh, a a guy kind of on on the fringes um but add a freshness and a modernness and a a 2020 element he's he is not a black t-shirt guy you know what i mean like he doesn't like he is color and he is vibrant <laughs> and and his matches are absolutely spectacular uh, to boot so th- my biggest disappointment to be honest is that we're going to put will and Hirobo on the shelf and we're probably not going to see that match again for a little bit um I think these two are arguably you know I was about to say the the best guys on that roster but how can you I mean you go down this entire roster and and there were performances the entire weekend that just blew me away this one was one of them. Um, Hiromo is a star. Osprey is after coming off of 2019, not missing a beat. And right with a, with a foot and a heel, if if accurate, it's just an amazing thing. Um, I I can't I can't put this match over enough. I I I, I it for for many different reasons. It might be my favorite match of the weekend. Um, it 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 blew me away. So talented these two guys. I have nothing. I have nothing but praise for this match. David, I'm so excited about 2020 in the junior division with Hiromu as the champion and the likes of Ryu Lee, El Desperado, Robbie Eagles, Showing Yo waiting in the wings, uh, Taiji Shimori rematch. I think even an El Fantasmo match would be interesting because I, I don't know if you're feeling at this point that Will Ospreay might move to heavyweight. I, you know, there's a lot of people chatting. He could be a possible New Japan Cup winner. I mean, I'm sure everyone would love to see Osprey versus Naito at uh, Sakura Genesis. But what do you think Will Osprey's future will be in this division or out of it? I don't think he's a junior. I I, th- I think I think this was him handing the belt to Hiromo and saying, "Run with it. This this is this is this is your division now." Um, and how can it not be? <laughs> right? Um, I th- I think Will. I think Will's a heavyweight at this point forward. Um, and again, nothing official, but it just seems like that would be the natural progression. And yeah, a 2009, or th- 2019, it's 2020. Um, New Japan Cup might be that that even further launching point, right? You figure the Never title might have been that first taste of that. I think I think a New Japan Cup run might be in the works. That That's a good call. Seventh match was the IWGP Intercontinental Championship match. The challenger Tetsuya Naito defeated the champion Jay White in 33 minutes, 54 seconds with the Destino. And Tetsuya Naito became the new IWGP Intercontinental Champion. How about that Naito entrance in the Tokyo Dome? Sitting there and you hear that music. And the crowd just explodes, doesn't it, Damon? It's just it's one of those experiences where you you just feel that 
Naito is the guy. When you hear that music and you see and feel the way people react. Uh, please be be very clear in knowing that Naito is an absolute star. And that both nights, that building was packed with LIJ fans and LIJ fans wearing LIJ merch. And when that music hits, they lose their shit. Uh, yeah, he... And I don't know if 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 there is this idea that that post Wrestle Kingdom you're going to get this Naito letdown because everything's been built and built and built and and finally climaxed at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I would I would my only concern, and I don't think it will happen, is that there there might be this post Wrestle Kingdom. Okay, we're, we've we got. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but uh, you know we got what we wanted. Um, now we could kind of just you know relax a little bit and 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 maybe not have that. Ener- I I'm not worried about that. Not with that building and and the and the amount of people that were there supporting that guy. He's a star, and and to me, I don't want to say head and shoulders above, but he is. He is if he's not the top guy, and and the most popular guy in that company, um, I'm hard pressed to find the guy who is. There were little Stardust Genius nods in the video as well, a little times two on the baseball scorecard, and that made me think that if this guy doesn't win the double gold dash, then he's going to look like an absolute plonker. And there were other funny stuff as well, like it was coming up on the screen saying, Occupado Cansado, which means tired and busy, which I thought was quite a strange choice of uh, words to put on the entrance video. But I really enjoyed the story of Naito's reconciliation with the Intercontinental title uh, on last year's Wrestle Kingdom after the Jericho match where he used it to hit Jericho and, and won the title and it, it seemed that the IC title was his destino and what, what fucking great long-term storytelling oh my gosh and the the first half of this match it was more of the same from these two it was JY healing up and Naito responding in kind by spitting in his face and throwing the mind games right back at Jay. And it was a definite change of pace from the previous two matches, which I understand other people found jarring. But I'm a fan of this feud. I like this. You know, I don't know what people were expecting from the match. If you like Naito's character work and you like Jay's character work, this was right up your alley. And yeah, it was slower. It was methodical. I thought the crowd were into it. I was into it. But if you were to say oh, nothing happened in the first 15 minutes. I'm not going to argue with you, but I liked it. I thought it told a good story of Naito having to keep his cool and be patient and not make any mistakes as he did in his previous encounters with Jay because he knew that one misstep and he's eating a Blade Runner. And he he did make a mistake. Jay sucked him in with a superplex tease and Naito got big ideas, went for a top rope runner, which Jay capitalised on and then started going after Naito's knee. I thought Naito's selling was really good. He, he was collapsing on the Irish whip twice and he flubbed the Tornado DDT, which I think was intentional and nearly escaped the Kiwi Crusher but landed back on the bad knee. And again, uh, as I always say about Jay White, it, it, he's the kind of person that matches even better on the rewatch. And if you hate him, you hate him. But if you feel like you're missing something and you're open-minded, 
watch it again. Pay attention to the small details. Focus on how Jay draws people in and, and baits them into making a mistake and then takes them apart with surgical precision and I know it's not for everyone and there are people who want something a bit more uh, exciting and in your face and more high spots and more fast pace and you know, I can't argue that with that you like what you like but I love this match uh, I thought Naito was the perfect underdog baby face here he sold the bad knee really well and if you didn't buy it like if you thought Jay had no chance of winning in this match then fair enough I, I can see the logic there I, I won't argue the toss but Personally, I felt that there was a, a non-zero possibility of Jay winning this match, so it, it worked for me. I mean, you know, are the booking committee of New Japan ballsy enough to have Jay White beat Tetsuya Naito in this match? Like, why the fuck not? Of all the other stuff that they've done, he, he's a pure wild card at this point. I mean, in my eyes, they did a good enough job in 2019 to elevate Jay White uh, to that level where I can't rule out the possibility of him winning any given match, but... Anyway, I love Naito's defiance, him like figuratively and, and literally spitting in the face of adversity and Gado. And Naito's knee something did disappear a bit towards the end, and that's one of the dangers of doing a leg match, but bringing that in too early, because if you're going to sell it properly, then you're hamstringing yourself for a sizable chunk of the match. But it did spoil my enjoyment. It's a, a relatively small critique that could apply to plenty of other guys on the roster. And I did enjoy the destruction match more than this one, so there you go. And I thought it was notable that Naito used the uh, Balentia as a new setup to the Destino here to show, uh, you know, that he was starting to adapt and, and modify and grow. And also notice that Red Shoes nearly fucked up the three count, but he, mm-hmm. he rang the bell anyway. It's almost as if he's he's clued in on the closing stretches. But uh, yeah, I thought this was very good. Uh, yeah, uh, I would say very good. Um, I don't know if this... I, I in what you described, I, I kind of felt like I was the second guy, right? <laughs> right. Um, and again, for me, yeah, I, I'm in the minority. I think, to be honest, yeah. Uh, I mean, but that's cool though. But but if if you know, again, if you enjoy that and can and can find, look, there's different flavors, um, and and these Wrestle Kingdom shows kind of gave people the the, the the all the varieties of pro wrestling that you could ask for. Um, and you're not going to get, you know, Shingo Ishii, and 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 if that's what you, that you you love, you're you're not getting that here, and so so know that it, it it could still be great, and it can still be subtle, and it could still be, um, maybe a little bit more um nuanced than than maybe people expect or. Uh, uh, want out of their new Japan Pro Wrestling? That's okay. Um, yeah, I th- I think it would be hard to do, but I just, I think match placement had a really that, look that 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 was a tough match to follow, right? Uh, Hiromo and 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 Will. That's a tough place, and especially if that's you know the style that we're we're looking at here with Jay that you're traditionally getting and, and even to a certain degree Naito. I do love the fact and the thing again the thing that had me glued on a rewatch even knowing you know the 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 result and even knowing um what had happened is the fact that he is always Jay White being is always that wild card. He's and and to me there was no one else in you know, in the in those, there's no other guy with the opportunity of the four 
that had me concerned in the sense of this guy definitely will win or this guy that like Jay was that always even in our in our in our um preview was always that wild card he was always the guy that was like he's beating everybody and he and he and he and he and he does it in in the most shocking ways right and 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 clear way i mean the guy's beating everybody the guy's a star right why not why couldn't he um again everybody went into it with naito being the guy and how could they fuck him over again and all and all all the things that we talked about before but if 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 anything had the people on the edge of their seat is because at the very least they knew that element of Jay White one switch one you know and it's over you know one mistake from Naito and it's over because we've seen it play out so many times before um, and 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 the heartbreak and the the element of oh my god they can't possibly do this New Japan played that like a fucking fiddle. Right for how long? You know, a year, maybe even longer. Right? It's again to build up Jay White to be a guy that could be the guy that could be the wild card, and to build up Naito to be the guy that they can't possibly fucking do this again. That's magic. That is pro wrestling magic one hundred and one. Um, so again, styles aside. Everyone, I really feel like, has to appreciate, you know, has to do, you know, to listen to me, I don't care. But I feel like if you are objective about it, you have to appreciate the fact that New Japan was able to do that. And, and in a strange way, have it, have it happen and build to Wrestle Kingdom. I, I, you got to applaud them for that. I did see an interesting story, actually. Naito apparently had muscle paralysis in his eye uh, throughout. Well, I think he had most of it last year. Um, he had double vision. He wasn't able to see properly, but uh, finally he's got that fixed, thankfully. Wow. Um, let's move on to the main event then, the eighth match for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, where the champion, Kazuchika Okada, defeated the challenger, Kota Ibushi, in 39 minutes, 16 seconds with the Rainmaker. So Okada successfully retained his IWGP Heavyweight Championship. We got a remixed Ibushi theme. And... Um, I know it's become idiosyncratic with him at this point, and you could say this about plenty of others, but is it just me, or is Ibushi's haircut really terrible? Like, it legit looks like he's wearing a little helmet. <laughs> yeah, but 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 everything else is perfection. So, he, I mean, the guy could basically have a mop on his head. You see those abs? Oh, you know. I, I, no, I try not to. <laughs> yeah, no? Oh, my God. You're too busy at my crotch. Thanks, Manscaped. <laughs> Um, he, uh, yeah. Uh, l- can we do a victory lap? Can I do a victory lap? For what you could take victory lap for hundreds of things. We're great. Well, well that's true too. But you know, look, I re- I really thought that Kota Ibushi was the one guy who who had enough sponginess to be able to take uh, a pinfall here. Um. And again, not to let the cat out of the bag, but to to do it later, you know, in the, you know, on night two. Um, he, I, I'll tell you what. The one thing that blew me away. How about that entrance from Okada? Wasn't that? I was just about to go on to that. That go, 
yeah, that augmented reality screen edges. That I said it was like the most anime thing I've ever seen. He he looked like a secret final boss from like a Final Fantasy game or something. Like the lightning struck and burned away the gold robe and revealed this shiny glow in the dark white Okada. It was so very extra. Yeah, and the trunks as well. Right, right. Um, spectacular, right? And and I saw people online just raving about this match and I'm 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 hard pressed to to have it beat. Um I love Will and and Hiromo so much. But goddamn these two guys are just so fucking spectacular. What what a uh, like you look at my phone during the time and I don't really look at my phone a lot. I I have just archives of people texting and messages of what a fucking match, what a spectacular match, Jesus Christ, this match. Uh, um, you know, just uh, look. I don't, I don't know how you can walk away being a pro wrestling fan and not just be enthralled by that performance by those two. Just oh, what? How, how, how do you how do you, like how do you top something like that um it's it was an unbelievable performance by both guys um i'm 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 nearly speechless i do a podcast and i'm and i'm speechless over the fact that it things like that are still able to be done um but like breaking the bar of what a great match is like I, that, that that match was just spectacular from from bell to bell, from even before the bell, right? The entrance is included. I don't know, and and uh, I don't know how people can just hand wave Okada at this point um, and not put him down as one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. And 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 I don't even think he's reached his peak yet. That's what's scary. Like he's still, I I still think there's 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 there we're we're still on an uphill climb with him when it comes to Okada. Um, I'm thrilled that that again they have confidence in a guy like Naito to 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 have him win in a spectacular fashion. But goddamn, if Okada isn't isn't the greatest pro wrestler on planet Earth. I don't know who the fuck is. He is just that damn good. Yeah, there was a, a slight worry that having two days of rescue might make January 4th not feel epic enough, but this had the aura of a, a Wrestle Kingdom main event. And I, I'm going to disagree with you just a tiny, tiny bit because just the, the first part of this match didn't quite grab me. And Okada's always got this expression on his face at the start of his title defense. He's like a, a guy who's just turned up to the office in the morning <laughs> and opened his email inbox. And the first 10 minutes or so of this, I they were a little bit boring. It was It's your standard Okada title match formula. Lots of headlocks, lots of chin locks, facial reactions. Like, <laughs> like you want to use the photocopier, but someone else has got there first and they're doing a lot of copying. I, I mean, look, if it's Jay and Naito doing this, but they're spitting at each other and calling each other fuckheads, then yeah, I'm down. But two guys doing it with quietly determined expressions is a, a different proposition. 
But putting that to one side, they did a, a they, they did a, a strike exchange. They did a rainmaker tease, standing boost up, and I was thinking, okay, we're cooking here. But then they went right back to a big rear chin lock. So uh, that was great. Not perfect. That was great. It was just great, Damon. Um, and and I just find it kind of most interesting when he's a prick heel, and Ibushi's interesting when he goes murder Ibu, and. We got there eventually. It did take us a while to get there. And if you love one or both of these guys, then you probably enjoyed the first part of this match more than I did. And it did definitely pick up when they started getting visibly frustrated as they were landing their signature moves. Sorry, it wasn't getting the job done. And there was a there was a moment halfway through where Okada missed with a Rainmaker and Ibushi did a backflip and just landed right on his head. I think Okada was supposed to catch him, but I guess flinging yourself onto your head for no reason is just standard day at the office for Ibushi. And then he dropped Okada on his head with a bastard driver, so the match just turned into this obscene head drop contest. And then they started throwing their bigger moves and just really laying into each other with some stiff shots, and Ibushi ate a few big uppercuts. And then you saw that switch flip, and he got that terrifying, emotionless, blank look on his face. And he started no-selling the forearms, no-soldered drop kick. He starts rubbing his nose like right. he's coked off his nut. And it was about 25 minutes in when he started doing those palm strikes and the kicks and the slaps on Okada. And it got really fucking good. And some people started to boo. And then we got more head drops. We got that ugly swan dive German suplex, the, the spinning tombstone counter from the lawn dart, which... In previous years, that had been the big death move that precipitated the decisive Rainmaker. But I loved how Ibushi reversed the Rainmaker with his own big fuck-off lariat. It was so simple, but so effective. There was just like a really sort of visceral brutality to this. And, and it stopped feeling like a wrestling match and more like two dudes trying to kill each other. Yep. Uh, Okada kicked out of the Bomayet one. He kicked out of the Kamigoye. And you save this shit for Wrestle Kingdom and it feels epic. And just a side note here, I'm very, very glad Ibushi didn't do a one-winged angel because he's his own man now. And they had a, a dueling wrist control spot for the Rainmaker and the Kamigoi. That was an interesting touch that was picked up by the cameras. And then just Ibushi was kicking seven shades of shit out of Okada. It was so good. And then the most dramatic moment was Ibushi missing the Phoenix Splash, which is a curse move at this point with a, a very deep history. And then he's he ate a spinning lariat and a Rainmaker and he still kicked out and everyone lost their minds at that point. And then Ibushi ate two more short arm lariats. They weren't the full Rainmakers. And then you really thought that was it. And I couldn't believe it when he ducked the Rainmaker, hit that head kick, and then kneed Okada in the chin and the dome exploded. But it turned out just that was the last gasp from a man who, who'd literally thrown everything at Okada, save for the, the knee padless Kamigoi. And this is what you want from a Wrestle Kingdom main event. Just guys battering each other, throwing all their big shit, reversing, kicking out of each other's finishers. You save it for the big occasions. I always love it. And and I thought it made Ibushi look very strong in defeat. And I wondered how hard they were going to go in this match considering they'd be action the next day, but my fears were very much unfounded. This was fucking awesome. That's exactly... Like, how, how do these guys top every year? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how do you do it? Because here's the thing. We're going to come back here in 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 Tokyo next year and it's going to be the same we're going to have the same conversation we're going to have the same feeling of oh my god quite arguably one of the greatest matches you'll ever see live quite honestly one of the greatest matches you'll ever see on on tape or on digital or whatever how 
how is it possible? Like, where, what's the next level? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where where do you go from here? And and you're right to save these things for the big spotlight, the big building with forty thousand people. It's it's significant and it's important. Um, you know, I'm sitting here talking about it, and I'm like, did I did I like this more? Like, was this was? I loved Hiromo and and Will. Um, but man, what a this. This match had everything at <laughs> the closing sequence. Like, you know, just watching it again, just, I don't I don't think you lose, well, look, if, to experience it live, and, and I saw the closing stretch. Like, I was, I was well-functioning by this point. Um, that building was just on fire. Um, is, this, is this your match of the weekend? No. No, it, God, I, I keep going back and forth with Will. This obviously night two, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, is this is this number two? Uh, it's a toss up between that and Will Hiromu. Yeah, because they were very different sorts of matches, weren't they? Will Hiromu was the high paced, athletic, spectacular. And I junior high flying dangerous stuff, but this was, like I said, just two guys trying to murder each other in the middle of that ring. So, uh, do I have to? Do I have to pick a favorite? I pick a favorite. Sophie's choice. <laughs> Got to pick one. Um, I okay. I'll probably go for this one because they just felt there was more gravitas to it, and just when Ibushi started laying into Okada. And it started to look like a shoot fight. Then I felt it became very special. Mm. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, the, again, the more that we talk about it, and the more that, like, I just remember, just I. So this was an epic. Look, the, the best thing I could say is this: this was an epic Wrestle Kingdom main event that delivered on every level. I mean, if that if that's not on the look early. Early contender for for <laughs> we you you know you're always going to see Wrestle Kingdom stuff come year end awards and I can't believe I'm talking 2020 year end awards. There's no doubt in my fucking mind this will be a high placing match, um and 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 we've just started the calendar year. There's no doubt in my mind that people will not put this. This is this is a top. This is a let's let's put it this way that match. Is that better than our match of the year 2019? Uh, no, not for me. Oh, okay. All right. Just as I said, because the, the slow start in this match just shaving off a, a fraction of a star for that one. Okay. All right. Oh, you're not going full. You're not going full. Well, for the Okada Ibushi. Yeah. No. Wow. What are you giving? If, if I go the full five, I have to be interested, if not gripped, from bell to bell. Wow, I'm 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 throwing I'm throwing them all. I I got them to give. I I was yeah. I, I, I all right. So you're going full five Okada Ibushi. Yeah. What's your stars for Hiromu Will? 
I don't want to go full five there too. Then I then I feel like a yeah. Maniac. I love it. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I don't like. Good I, for you. Don't be a coward. I I want to. I I do. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just in a good mood. I I mean, I fucking love both of the, both those matches, man. I really did. Um, and I and I feel like I like them for almost not totally different reasons, but for slightly different reasons. Um, all of which I, that I, we've explained, but. Man, I just, I th- I just thought they were two of the best pro wrestling matches I've seen in, in <laughs> since 2019. <laughs> Let's put it that way. That's that's a, that's the best way I could do it. You know, um, yeah, I'm throwing them all at it. We also got some uh, 2020 schedule announcements for the domestic calendar. No real surprises here. We've got confirmation that the G1 Climax final dates will be October 16th, 17th and 18th at Sumo Hall. So still waiting on those uh, US date announcements, but I'm sure they'll be right around the corner, Damon. Uh, moving on to night two, 30,036 sold, including a couple of thousand walk-ups. So do you think that they wasted Okada versus Naito? Maybe, I can't argue that, but the story they were telling, I think, needed to end at this Wrestle Kingdom. Like, George Lucas would think, you know what, I'll, I'll save the redemption of Darth Vader for a fourth movie because Return of the Jedi is going to sell a ton of tickets anyway. Like, I think expecting a big walk-up for Okada versus Naito was a fair expectation. Didn't quite work out here. We know now that the draw is on January 4th and they really did their best to load up January 5th that some people didn't want to watch 10 hours of wrestling. So um, could they have saved it and used it another time to sell more tickets? Possibly. Maybe they still could. Do I think it was a mistake to run Okada versus Naito on January 5th? Absolutely not. Because I think if they hadn't done Okada Naito, then it would have had, I think, a negative knock-on effect for some fans. But anyway, what are your thoughts? Do you think they wasted the match in this no. No, no, I don't. And and here, where else are they getting thirty six thousand people during the, during the calendar year? You know, we're, we're, how long how, are we saving it for the next Wrestle Kingdom? Is what you're trying to tell me? Uh, yeah, or maybe next year's Dominion if they run the Osaka Dome. But honestly, uh, look, I I I think at this point, if you let's say next year you run Wrestle Kingdom. 15 January 4th Tokyo Dome with a strong card as they always do I think they're going to get close to 40,000 if not 40,000 like I keep saying I think it's the the brand the value January 4th Tokyo Dome that brand equity regardless of what the main event obviously you can't put on a dog shit main event but even if I, I think you could run back Okada Naito next year's Wrestle Kingdom and I think it will sell out. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's like you got one shot at this. One shot at doing Okada Naito is a big draw and they've shot their shot and it's done now. I don't see it like that. Neither do I. I, I mean, and again, you, they would be insane to to hold that off for another year. I mean, the, you had to pull the trigger on this. You you had to do it. Um, and again... Yeah, I, I think if, they, if they'd hit the breaks on it then people would have lost interest yeah i mean can we be honest here for in two nights seventy thousand pro wrestling fans were in that building new japan is you know doesn't have thirty six thousand people you know attending shows aside from wrestle kingdom you're not going to wait another year for that now listen could they run another dome okay great maybe maybe not right and maybe they will this year 
um, you know, we've heard whispers that they're that 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 maybe not maybe this year, but maybe next. You know, they, they, they we know that there's interest, right? Let's put it that way. We know that 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 there is interest. Um, no, I, I, I look. They in, for two nights, they had a forty thousand house over forty, and what was the number thirty? What? 30,000 and 36. Okay. I mean, we're that that that's that's good, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I don't I don't have a problem with with am I am I disappointed that it's not 40-40? Of course. But let's that, that's like saying, "Oh, I didn't get the red Porsche. I got the black Porsche. Right? It's you know, we're no, relax. It's it. We. I think we. I think. I think the weekend was a huge success. It would have been awesome to have that walk up. I mean, people have lives. You know, not everybody is. Look, there were forty thousand people at that Tokyo Dome. There's not forty thousand people listening to the Super J cast. Right? There's not forty thousand hardcore passionate new japan pro wrestling fans right people have lives they they, they you know they're, they're they're into the pro wrestling they might it's okay i'm not making excuses for it but but people who are like saying that that you know they wasted a gate you don't know what's going to happen in a year what happens what happens if somebody gets hurt and I, I wish it on no one but what happens if somebody gets hurt what happens if if i don't know what just anything what happens if a scandal break i don't know just like do it do it when you do it when you need to do it and and the idea of saving stuff and saving stuff and saving stuff do it when it is right and i think they did it when it was right and and they did it when they had to question here from elliot who said the night two crowd seems a bit more subdued than night one is that a smaller size, weaker interest in, or quality of matches, or something else? I, I did notice, I felt that when we sort of reached the middle of night two, people were tired. I yeah. was tired. You know, I love wrestling. I love New Japan, but I was getting tired at that point. I think it's only human. Yeah. I mean, there look, there are maniacs that watch wrestling 24-7, right? And, you know, you um, there, there, there are people that come to Tokyo and you know they do you know 10 12 shows and it's like wow i just i i can't i don't have that in me um and you could feel and we had talked about it when we were sitting in the building that oh what you know it, it doesn't feel like a it didn't feel like night 1 right and i and i think we all can agree on that it didn't feel like night 1 um it was still there was still that energy that was there but it 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 didn't feel like night 1 well, let's get into the matches then. And the first match was a never open weight six-man tag team championship match, a gauntlet match, where, well, we had lots of stuff going on here. The winners were Bushi, Shingo, Takagi, and Evil. And I enjoyed this. There were some fun Bullet Club shenanigans with uh, Gino 
at the start. Uh, Ishii pinned Chase Owens with a brain buster. Then Suzuki came out. We finally got Tai Chi's theme in the Tokyo Dome. We got the tearaway pound to lose. We got Ishii and Tai Chi resuming their 2019 feud of the year. Eagles, Robbie Eagles getting a fair bit of the spotlight and people are into him. I heard, I'm sure you heard as well, David, the little kid behind me calling his spots. I just heard him like, oh, Rod Miller special, turbo backpack, which was very cute. And he got the pin on Kanemaru, which uh, uh, Robbie did, not the little kid behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought Robbie Eagles was going to be Hiromu's next challenger, but they, they can keep that one in their back pocket and it will bang. Uh, and we also both put in out, we'd love to see Robbie versus El Desperado. Even Robbie versus Shingo was a... Uh, a tasty little morsel in this match. And there was some really good action in the, the Chaos versus LIJ part. The I I really feel that these trios matches could be good if the booking committee gave a shit. Um, there was a little bit of a screw up with the Evil versus Ishii segment when the ref uh, counted a premature three on the Darkness Falls, but Evil was like, fuck it, and he hit the Evil STF finisher anyway. Um, I was counting Makabe bumps as well. Uh let me get get back to that one because I <laughs> yes. mixed up my notes here. But I, I would love to see an Evil and Shingo tag team because we saw a little taste of it here. We saw some of it on New Year Dash. Uh, okay, right. So Makabe was in the ring for two minutes mm-hmm. and he did not take a single flat back bump. Nice. Not to Evil, not to Shingo, but he took one for Carl Fredericks. So just let that sink in for a moment. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, at the end of this, uh, Shingo pinned Taguchi to win the titles after a Bushi missed attack and a made in Japan. So we've got new champs. Am I an idiot for being hopeful that they might have some fun defences? Like last year, the four defences in the space of a year, that's shit. You can do better than that. And hopefully we get more this year. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more of a of a defined six-man champion, you know, where it felt like, you know, Makabe and, and Taguchi and Yano were just this hodgepodge, right? Um, so yeah, let's, 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 if, look, there's nothing worse than meaningless titles. Well, there are things that are worse in the world, but but <laughs> um, these, if you're gonna have them, then then do something with them. Um, and I think that the, the people that have them right now, I, I'll tell you what you you made a mention of Robbie Eagles. You know, he may not. It's it's weird how they how they give shine to to, to guys. Um, you know, this match, it felt like he was in there quite often, right? He had a lot of time. I would love to see the breakdown of, of time with, you know, um, who's that, Chris? Who does that? Chris Samson, is it? Um, who do, does the yes. break, breakdown of the times. I would love to see how long, because I, I, it felt like Robbie was in there a lot of the ways, doing a lot of the heavy lifting. And then even in Dash, uh, at New Year Dash, um, Robbie got had a you know a lot of responsibility in that match doing a lot of the heavy lifting taking a lot of the bigger bumps um so that's good to say right if that kind of feels like it's a it's a you know e- even in 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 that regard him getting that kind of spotlight is good to see um i was talking to him a little bit uh over the weekend as well so uh uh we're fans so it's good to see that we're uh we're seeing a little bit more Robbie Eagles in 2020. And if you could put your hand in your pocket to donate a bit of money for that, uh, 
disaster happening in Australia at the moment with those uh, fires going on, then please do so. Give generously. Uh, first match on the main show there was the Jushin Thunder Liger retirement match two, where Hiromu Takahashi and Ryu Lee defeated Naoki Sano and Jushin Thunder Liger. 12 minutes, 16 seconds, with Hiromu pinning Liger after a time bomb. This was Jushin Liger's 3,551st match. Uh, we had the little touch you pointed out with Ryu Lee holding the ropes open for Hiromu when he came in. Uh, and then he was also wearing his uh, ROH's uh, uh, Los Ingobernables shirt, which is a bit confusion there. And this, when Liger was making his entrance, there was that little smile from Hiromu, and the camera cut to him as Liger made his entrance. David, I'm going to let you take the floor for this one. Talk to me about Jujan Thunder Liger's final match, please. Well, yeah, that, that's weird to say, right? Uh after all this time and all, all, you know, when it was announced, the retirement, when we knew this day was going to come. I don't know. You know, I, you feel, you felt like it was a celebration um, the entire weekend. And it really didn't get, like, emotional until the, the ceremony. Um, because the people that were there, again, Look, nobody thought that he was going to get the win, right? We all, and as a matter of fact, I think everyone in that building knew he was taking the fall. He was getting the pinfall. Um, I felt like he, even in this match, you know, there were a couple, there, there was the one hot tag that he got. And they did give give that last stretch. It was just him in there and, and Hiromo and, and going back and forth and uh, there were you know kickouts and close calls. Um, we knew it wasn't going to go twenty minutes. We knew it wasn't going to go. It was. It, it while it had had a very special feeling. Um, and again, even the post match with him saying goodbye in the ring. Um. You know, basically, from what um, I understand, you know, he was talking about how he made his debut in the Tokyo Dome, and and this is where it ends. Um, he could still go, right? I don't think there's anybody that's questioning the fact that he can't still go. Um, he's he's going to go, he's going out with grace and he's going out with dignity. Um, we, I don't think we're going to see a situation here, Joel, where it's Terry Funk or Anita, where you know. We'll see him in Cork and Hall on some grimy indie show fifteen years from now. Um, I think he know. Here's the thing: I think he's at peace with that element of his life, and I think, and I don't think that there's anything that could that makes me happier knowing that that's the case. Right? It's 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 to me, it's sad when you see the person who's out there that's well past his prime and kind of collecting the paycheck. Um, he's, and, and the reason they do that is because they're not mentally okay with saying goodbye and letting it go. And I feel like that he is. So, um, it's weird to not have that in people's lives anymore, Liger. Um, but for an eight minute match, I, I couldn't ask for anything more. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's, again, for me, it was more of 
us giving each other sad faces like oh fuck he didn't win fuck and that's that it was dash was where where it broke down so um yeah i i thought it was a good match there was that sound when Hiromu hit the time bomb and yeah. the Tokyo Dome was just like, ah! It was just, I, I, I won't forget that moment. I, I still would have preferred a singles match. This one had a strange atmosphere. It was basically like a Ligi Hiromu singles match with like a little tiny sprinkling of Ryuli and, and Sano. But like you say, it's great to see a guy go out on his own terms while he's still healthy and, and active. So, uh, Credit to Liger there, and uh, we wish him all the best in his retirement. So, next match then, second match, we had the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with the Challengers and Super Junior Tag League winners, Rupongi 3K Show and Yo, defeating the champions El Fantasma and Taiji Ishimori with the strong X after 14 minutes and 8 seconds, uh, Show pinning El Fantasma. So, Show and Yo become the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, and we got a cool little sort of Power Rangers-ish video with Rapongi 3K at the start and Taiji Ishimori wearing a shredder helmet. I, I, I've said before, I really like this El Fantasma Ishimori team there. Uh, a nice mix of good wrestling and goofiness. Uh, Ishimori's a good straight man for ELP shtick. So this was a fun, well-paced match. It was entertaining. It was exciting. It, it had some laugh-out-loud moments with the rope walk, moonsault, back rake and the, the double groin stomp and the moment with the cup after the groin punch and Rocky snatching the belt from El Fantasmo. Nice showcase of show's power with a double German suplex spot. I love the new finisher, the Strong X. That looked really vicious. And Rapongi 3K finally get their Wrestle Kingdom win. And I thought it was interesting that show's singles music played after that. And Yo put his cup in his mouth. The <laughs> absolute mad lads. Um, yeah, this match was a bit sillier than I thought it could have been. But I, I, I think they have a better pure match in them but for the spot following Liger's retirement I thought it was just right yeah me too um I had a little mix of everything it was it you know I you didn't want to come off of the Liger match and that and just go into it like some crazy epic match right um but I really did enjoy it I I thought that I I remember sitting you know again next to you kind of praising it and 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 you know I I I I really liked it, um, and you needed something uplifting with the title change. That's a tough. I mean, we talked about following uh, Romo and and Will and and how do you follow the Liger retirement? You know, when I mean, you see that lineup, you're just like, oh fuck, do we gotta we, we gotta battle this, this crowd? Um, I thought they did good. I thought they grabbed them in. Um, I, I think the title change was needed. I mean, you needed to have an uplifting moment. We knew it was coming, so um, I thought I, I liked the match a lot. Um, I, tough to come off that Liger retirement, though. Third match was the British Heavyweight Championship match with the champion Zack Sabre Jr. defeating the challenger Sanada in 12 minutes 32 seconds with a European clutch. And Scampi is here to celebrate ZSJ's big win as he successfully retains the British Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> and I noticed uh, Sanada had his Boris Johnson haircut to try and get under Zack's skin, but it didn't work. And, and something you pointed out to me as well. During the match, Zack Sabre Jr.'s facial expressions were just tremendous. Like, you can follow the story of the match just by looking at Zack's face. Like, there's such an enjoyable little caveat to the, the, the ebb and flow of the match. Like, 
his little his little annoyed and panicked expressions as his eyes are flicking left and right looking for an escape when he's getting stuck in a chin locker and his big gloating smile when he's reversed the move it was a great counterpoint to Sonata's blank expressionless face and yet another reason they're such a great pairing and I enjoyed Chris Charlton's brass eye Clarky cat Kate references so more of those please Chris if you're listening and, and all the high-paced pin reversals. Poor Tiger Hattori. You can barely keep up with that. But I, I love this. This was a perfect length. Exactly what I wanted it to be. I thought it was terrific. Uh, as Zach said, 2020 techers. Yep, yep. Uh, he's, uh, you're right. And it's weird because, you know, one of the biggest criticisms that, that we have with Sonata is that his that range might not be there all the time or at all sometimes. Um, and... Again, for me, Zach has that special quality of just those facial expressions. And um, again, when he's in that reversal, and just like you described it, that that panic, frazzled, you know, I'm looking back and forth. We're, we're, we're like, what's my next move? This guy, you know. Um, and I, and again, we've always talked about how it's uh, Sonata was always that guy that Zach just couldn't find the answer to. In many cases, um, dur- you know, during matches, he he might get a pinfall, but there there were more times where it, you know he wasn't, and, and and the frustration that he has with that. So, um, the, I, I I know that the the press community is is uh, upset that Sonata the Savior <laughs> won't be there for them, but. Um, I liked the match a lot. I thought it was. I thought it was really good. And, and Zach, once again, oh, always entertaining. Always one of my favorites. And uh, Rev Pro's got at least a, a few more months with uh, Zach on top. Yeah, this this was really good. And this whole card just had a little bit of everything. It was like a, being at an international buffet where you have a little taste of different things. Uh, okay, so moving on to the fourth match, which is the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match with uh, John Moxley. Successfully defending against Juice Robinson, Yay. 12 minutes 48 with the Death Rider. This <laughs> this was okay, but I felt it was like a, a weird mix of a grudge match, a bit of a grudge match, a bit of a street fight, a bit of a straight wrestling match. Like at the start, they're doing all these brutal chair spots, like Juice flinging himself, doing a, a cannonball with Moxley sitting on a chair. But then later on, they're slapping figure four leg locks and doing wrestling moves. And like they showed some good intensity towards the end, but it felt like because of there being a Texas death match the day before uh, and there being the, the never openweight match coming next, they were somewhat limited. They couldn't quite find the right angle. Pacing was a bit strange as a result. They didn't get much time. It just didn't feel worthy of being the rubber match between these guys. And in retrospect, I think this match was a mistake. I, I just didn't see the point of it. Because as much as I wanted Juice two belts, I, I mean, Mox keeping it is more interesting. And I think Juice could do really good things in the tag division. But I just didn't understand why there was a second match today. Yeah. I, I, look, it when Juice and Finley won those tag straps... To me, that kind of exposed the cards for night two. I I didn't think there was any chance that we were going to see him winning both those titles, or you know, having tag titles and the U.S. title. Um, I I am somewhat surprised that uh, Moxley has 
well, you know, here, here's what I, the typhoon, <laughs> right, played such a significant role in the, in the, in the direction of that program. Um, do you think Lance would have gotten that title eventually? Or do you I think would, would like to think so. I, I mute myself because she's having an absolutely normal one. She's standing here dancing, uh, flashing her knickers at me, singing, "My cat, my cat's got a chocolate anus." <laughs> so I'm going to mute myself and, and let you talk. <laughs> okay, I don't think I can stop that. Um, poor Cheryl's sitting here. She's she wants to go out. She's all dressed. Um, uh, and you, you have, and and Mally is. Um, uh, Joel, Joel just made mention that that Mally is um, in her knickers, as as uh, described, um, singing songs about. Yeah, I mean, well, right. Uh, look, I don't know how I could follow that. How do you how do you want me to follow that, Joel? Um, okay. Shall I go to the next match? Then? Yeah, please. I, 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 you know, this is the this this is probably your most downloaded show of the year, and it is literally off the rails. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jay Reesyman says, "Where do you feel Lance Archer goes from here? Uh, never title, or back to the US title, or the IC title? Also, why is Mox pushed with a title shot that will be important to the US tour when he can't defend it?" Yeah, and that's 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 what we were discussing, like how. It's the U.S. title, and then and unless there was, unless there's something in the works, I I mean, it makes no sense to have him with that title, especially with the U.S. shows right around the corner. The last thing that you want is for a guy like that who who arguably is the most likely candidate to headline those US shows you can't headline those shows right it's it's, it's unless they're doing a, a quick change right unless he's dropping that title again you you would think that the, that US title would be a focal point of the US shows and to have it on a guy right now that can't possibly be on them is is an absolute fucking head scratcher um now Maybe we have, maybe, let me throw this by you. Again, we know the buildup that's been happening with Suzuki. Do you think there's a quick title change to Suzuki before some of these U.S. shows? I don't think that's possible because, I mean, looking at the the schedule, let, let me get it up here. Um, I believe that they're running concurrently, so I don't think... We don't have a date yet for the Moxley-Suzuki match. I mean, we assume it's coming. But New Beginning USA Tour runs January 24th to February 1st. And the New Beginning in Sapporo is February 1st, February 2nd. And then the Osaka show is after that. So these New Beginning USA shows are going to come before. So unless they've worked out something, then we're not seeing the US title on that tour. Yeah, or or, or less... Yeah, I mean, there's, it's just like I'm trying to do the math and to be like the logistics of it. I mean, with, with the title on Moxley, that it's not going to happen. Uh, and and again, I don't think that there's any. I don't think that. Let me take that back. I think there's a slim to none chance that 
AEW allows Moxley to perform on a New Japan Pro Wrestling show. Now, the only... I just don't think it's going to happen. Do you think there's any chance of that happening, Joel? No. No. No, no, I don't. I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that AEW is suddenly feeling charitable towards New Japan. Right. So, oh, oh, then, then help me with this. Why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> I'm scratching my head as well. I'm... I, you know, I'm two hours into a podcast. Uh, we got, we got various states of uh, nude women in our lives, <laughs> and. And uh, we're talking about John Moxley holding a U.S. title, headlining a show. I, I, I don't have an answer for you. You know, I'm, I'm at a loss. Sorry. Right. So we did get the Suzuki angle afterwards, which I thought was really great continuity as, uh, of course, Moxley DDT Suzuki during the World Tag League final when he came out to attack Archer and Suzuki was standing there. So he just decided to DDT him as well. So I love that. That wasn't forgotten by Suzuki, because if you think, you know, if it was real life, no, Suzuki wouldn't accept that stuff. And when he came stomping down and, and took his clothes off and they started ringing the bell, I thought, shit, they're going to do another match here. But they, they did in the end. But it was a really cool angle anyway. That's what I thought. I thought that 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 for some reason they would like when they started ringing the bell. I thought the because it felt like it, it was like one ring, and then like they were having a match, and I was like, "Holy shit! They're actually going to do a nonsense." Let's just you know Moxley, you know, having maybe more guts than brains, saying, "Okay, fuck it, let's go." You know, I'll put the title on the line, blah, blah, blah. and Suzuki pinning him. Uh, that's really I thought in that moment with where that was going, but. Again, Moxley's got the title, and he can't defend it in the U.S., so what the fuck? Uh, Daryl says, do we anticipate Suzuki staying on long-term with the Moxley angle, or do you think this is his last hurrah on this run? I mean, I know that there were rumors um, when it came to Suzuki, but truth truth be told, I mean, we haven't heard any type of confirmation of those rumors. So um, to me, he's there, um, and he's... He's in a program with a high-profile guy. Um, he's sticking around New Japan. I don't. I don't see him packing up um, anytime soon. And something we touched on before. Louis says, "Are oh, the Japanese fans still not into juice yet?" For what you guys said when you were at the dome, the people were leaving, going to the bathroom, were getting snacks during both nights of his matches. Um, yeah, it's a hard one. I mean, I, I've said before. I think maybe one thing Juice could do to elevate himself into real stardom within the Japanese fans is learn to speak Japanese but um, I don't know if it's the title or juice or car placement probably a little of column A, B and C I mean people are going to need to go for a Wii at some point I, I think it's not like oh we hate juice I think it's just I need a Wii and this is the least important match for me of the this card so right. I'm going to go and do my Wii now Right, and it's and here's the thing. Keep in mind that this is the only Wrestle Kingdom that we're talking about, and you know, it, and truth be told, he was in a real tough spot with with Cody, right? Um, so again, I don't think this is, I don't know, I don't think this is a reflection on Juice as a whole by any stretch of the imagination. It just seems like in Wrestle Kingdom, in our experience, and what we truly see. Is is that, and I, I we can't put it any other way. 
Right, so moving on to the next match then, fifth match, never openweight championship match with the challenger Hiroki Goto defeating the champion Kenta in 60 minutes, 12 seconds with the GTR. And Goto becomes the new never openweight champion. And I, I really like the mythology of Tokyo Dome Goto. And he definitely held up his end of the bargain here. He He's incredible. When he gives a shit, he can really go. But also, I thought Kenta was so good here. He's such a massive twat. And that bit of the start where he kept throwing Goto out of the ring after the count-out teases. He, he's just a troll. He's an absolute master at winding up the crowds. And then this match was bubbling up nicely. They did the forearm exchange. Goto hit Kenta so hard it just echoed around the entire dome. And, and this was a fight. It was nasty. The closing stretch where Kenta, uh, Kenta no-sold the lariat and started hitting Goto with a spinning neck chop. That was so good. And then Goto looked like he nearly took Kenta's head off with a, a spinning lariat that Zangief from Street Fighter 2 would be proud of. And that slap exchange at the end was just, it was the icing on the cake and Goto no-selling them like a fucking warrior. This was classic, never title, ultra-violence, and I loved it. They hated Kenta, didn't they? Oh my God, that crowd, oh. They fucking hated him. Um, all right. Each time they find something to hate about him, New Japan sort of throw another thing. They'll just sort of ratchet up a bit more. They'll, they'll give him one more reason to hate him and one more reason to hate him. They just they do such a masterful job. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, it, that, that, like the venom from the crowd it was, was, was pretty remarkable to me. Um, can we talk about the elephant in the room? Begins with a K. Last name begins with an S. What? Oh, what? 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 what, 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 what he was in the building. I mean, he was he was in the Tokyo team. I, I I mean, that's that that I know one hundred percent. Um, any reason in your eyes why we didn't see any involvement whatsoever? Any? Um, I mean, Goto getting the belt is that revenge enough? Um, did they just want to just end that story where it was and not have Shibata um, be, I mean, have that be the memory and, instead of Goto? I mean, do you have any idea why we're not using that part of the story anymore? Yeah, a few theories. One, I think having Shibata there would have detracted from Goto and Kenta. And if he had been at ringside, then everyone would just be looking at Shibata and waiting for there to be some sort of interference or him to get physically involved with the match. And then if he were there, people would be expecting something to happen after the match. Mm -hmm. And I just think they, they wanted Kenta and Goto to, to shine and get the attention of the spotlight on their own merit without having to do it through the conduit of Katsuyori Shibata. And there's also the other possibility that he, he is inactive and he's not coming back. And they realized that after they did those two very physical angles, the way people responded, they might have thought, oh, fuck, people think that we're teasing his return. Right. And he's not making a return because the commentators kept going at lengths to point out how Shibata's still inactive. So maybe they realized they'd gone too far with that and tried to dial it back a bit. But I do not feel this match suffered as a result of that. When they were, you know, karate chopping each other in the, the neck and slapping each other in the face, I wasn't looking around thinking, oh, where's Shibata? Right. Very true. Very true. I, I And you're right about all the, all the things that were mentioned. They didn't want to take the spotlight off of off of the match. And I agree. Um, and, and again, he's not an active wrestler. 
So it's it's not as important of him getting that revenge that we're so wanting, you know. But yes, it, again, even if he's just meeting him at the entrance ramp and giving him the old pat on the back and point at the ring and go get him, Goto, um, it would have been nice to see. Um, and 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 again, maybe in hindsight. It is for the best to keep him completely away from the ring, keep him completely away from people's um, uh, remembrance of the match. I don't know. There's a part of me that still wants wanted a little little taste of that. Um, and again, where where we were, we're headed with Kenta, uh, what would be the point, right? So again, hindsight being twenty twenty, um, it was probably for the best. I still think that um, I would have liked to have seen Kenta get get his ass handed to him a little bit by Shibata <laughs> for for personal reasons. Well, who knows what will happen in the future? They're they're building Kenta up to be such a superhero at this point. You can't rule anything out. Uh, sixth match was the special singles match, the losers match, as Jay White defeated Kota Ibushi in twenty four minutes fifty eight seconds with the Blade Runner. Uh, a lot of interference in this match, which I think helped to protect. Ibushi, he even though he was 0-2, um, he didn't he I thought he'd look strong coming out of both matches because here, you know, there were interference, the brass knuckles and the bull shot and, and all this other stuff. And I think he'd have looked like a bit of a chump if he just lost clean here. And, and this is Jay White, this is what he does. Sometimes he wins clean, sometimes he doesn't. If you don't like it, you don't like it. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you you're wrong for hating it, for hating the interference, but you can't say, oh, Jay White's a failure, because I think he gets really good heel heat. There were huge boos when he was doing like the mocking tranquilo pose and, and acting up to the crowds. And, and also, let's not pretend that interference is a new thing in this company. Let's let's not forget how Tetsuya Naito won his first IWGP title. There was a big Sonata interference spot. And let's not forget, if, if I remember correctly, didn't AJ Styles win his first title after a Yudro interference spot? And, and, and New Japan tends to always have one main eventer who does this. And you don't have to like it. If it makes you want to watch something else, then that's unfortunate. But I don't believe it's driving away fans in their droves. And I personally, in this match, found it engaging because it made me think that there was a realistic chance of Ibushi losing, which he did in the end. So I thought it was exciting. Well, where do you stand? Yeah, look, I, I'm not a big fan of, of bullshit, right, and nonsense. But in, in, in that same regard... Um, it did make Abushi at least feel like he had everything up against, uh, you know, him getting a win, right? From he, you know, you're right. If he just took a Blade Runner, or, you know, and and then have it that be that, um, he would look a little weaker, right? And then, and I, I don't want to go so far as to say that Abushi came out of this strong um anytime you eat two pinfalls in consecutive nights it's not you know not, maybe not, maybe not a super positive but again he they threw everything at him uh and and made it feel as though that it was a hill that he just couldn't climb um and I'm okay with that look somebody was going to go Owen to Right, that the, the 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 biggest question mark that we had going into these shows was who who was that going to be, 
and and would they they be okay at the, at the end of night two going zero and two? Um, and I think Abushi has that, and I think that the way that they booked it, what else could they possibly fucking do? Yeah, and it did create a lot of sympathy in my eyes for Ibushi without losing any sort of credibility of him to the point at which. I am now having seen him lose twice, one in such, you know, agonized, brutal fashion and the second after such a load of bullshit that makes me think, you know what, I want to come back in the future and see Ibushi get his moment of glory. I want to see him win the big one because I've seen him go through these uh, these these tragic failures. So I think there's something to be said for that as well. They, they've made a bit more, maybe a, of an emotional investment in Ibushi seeing him go 0-2 like this. But, right. And I know storyline, and I know story, I'm sorry, I know storyline wise they... You know, they gave Abushi that G1 win because, you know, he, I mean, that's what he was bringing into this contest, right? He was the G1 winner, so he's part of the four-man mix. Um, and I don't want to go so far as to say that it made that G1 final win, I don't know, insignificant. I don't want to say that, to have the G1 winner lose twice. Look, again, somebody was going to have to lose twice. Um, they They... They found the way to give give it to a guy who could take it, um, and they did it in a way to lessen the blow. Seventh match, the Forbidden Door match, was Chris Jericho defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi. 22 minutes, 24 seconds with the Wars of Jericho. I love the Tanahashi videos at the start where he's dressed up as Chris Jericho in his makeup, mocking him like that. And when Jericho came out, there was that gradual tease did he bring the AEW title? I even tweeted out that. He hasn't brought it. And then he whipped it out with his grin on his face. Like, I fucking got you. And this is great, David. This is just two two rock stars, two of the absolute greatest of all time, putting on a, a masterclass of entertainment. There was nothing overly ambitious. Like, these guys, they know what they can do. They know what they can't do. But it was just an absolute joy. Like, they nailed all the big spots, all the lion salts, the, the code breakers, but more than that, it was the character work. And I had a huge grin on my face the entire time. You know, all the air guitars and stealing each other's moves. And <laughs> Jericho getting on the top rope and doing his air guitar. And then doing his, like, schlubby old man version of the high fly flow. Just both guys looking like they were having the time of their lives out there. And managing at the end to build such incredible drama out of the walls of Jericho. A Boston crab. Like, let's not forget, this is something the Young Lions are slapping on pretty much every damn show this company does. But the crowd were absolutely beside themselves. Uh, and, and Jay Wintle wrote and said, how is it possible that all New Japan wrestlers, especially Tanahashi, don't know a million and one counters to the Boston Crab? But Damon, our boy, Le Champion, he, he got the job done. Damon, we were ready to break out a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> we were, uh, again, we're joking in the sense that it just would have been a nightmare in our in our Discord. Um, the idea of no, uh, I, I tell you what made what made me start panicking when I see ten guy on Twitter challenging Jay White to a match, then you know that things are getting bad. That's why we need to close this door. Exactly. No one wants to see that, surely. Right. So, um, yeah. This aside from that high fi flow to the outside. From Tanahashi, who pulls that out at Wrestle Kingdom, there really wasn't too much that was, again, I put in air quotes, dangerous, and 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 I'll put in air quotes again, simple, solid, uh, storytelling, build, um, 
small things meaning a lot. Everything in this match felt like it had a purpose um, and a progression to lead us to the finish. A Boston Crab, again, Walls of Jericho, is is his finish, and it's been for years, but still, in the New Japan Pro Wrestling ring, it's a fucking Boston Crab that Young Lions are putting on, right? Um, and a submission win, right? I think that's pretty significant too. It's not even a not even a pinfall. We want to we want to level higher um, with that submission. The fans were into it in the building. It felt like you know they they were buying everything too. Look, it felt like there were two stars. Um, a lot of a lot of times and a lot of thing you know you'll hear the 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 jokes you know the the, the mud shows and then the, the indie wrestlers and the and the t-shirt wearers and look you, 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 that that wasn't this these were two stars and you felt their presence in a very big building right these guys know how to work big buildings um not you know and I think that's a skill on you know in and itself. I like the match a lot. Is this something that's that's going to go down as one of the the classics at Wrestle Kingdom? No, of course not. Um, but I think for two guys that are well beyond the peaks of their physical careers, uh, I thought they put on a masterclass of of safe storytelling pro wrestling that. Um, I, I thought it that the subtleties and the and the and the, and the the less is more attitude made it feel strangely enough even more impressive and even more uh, impactful for the match. So yeah, loved it. Sorry, Tana, no 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 title shot, and hopefully we could put that to bed. I did the press conference afterwards. Jericho was basically asking for more collaboration between the promotions, but New Japan pretty much hid that video it's really hard to find it wasn't listed so it's there but you you have to go searching for it and i think that shows that this was just a one-time thing they uh, tanahashi and jericho went off their own backs to try and hype up their match and new japan were happy to exploit the aw brand name to try and get more western fans watching wrestle kingdom for one shot you know maybe sign up for world and now that's done that's done you know AEW didn't reference the match at all on dynamite i don't think there's going to be any collaboration i understand why people want it i think it's mainly AEW fans who were expecting the promotion to be like an american version of new japan and are now realizing that the in-ring match quality is not anywhere near as good as it is in new japan and of course you know you send guys like okada naito um ibushi to dynamite it's going to make dynamite better but I don't want to see guys like Tengai and Cody and MJF going into New Japan because New Japan have got a really good roster and I don't think those guys are that good in the ring. So to me, the only, uh, I've said it hundreds of times, the only benefit New Japan will get out of the AEW relationship is if they can get those guys, you know, the Bucks and, and Cody, whatever, to work those New Japan shows in the States, but they can't, so nothing's going to happen and stop talking about it now no it's going to come up every week but <laughs> every week. i'm just repeating myself at this point yeah it's every week um and then it, and it won't end because again on paper the marriage seems seems like a good fit but let you know new, new japan is is doing new japan 
and AEW is going to do AEW, and that's perfectly fine. That's actually a good thing. Um, well, again, will talent Moxley, even Chris Jericho in, in the future? Will we see? Yeah, of course. Um, but no, I don't think that there needs to be this relationship. Um, at least not at this point in time. Let's let's let AEW do AEW, and let's let New Japan do New Japan. Um, and it's not even. Let's see who comes out on top. Let's just do our own thing. Eighth match: IWGP Heavyweight and IWGP Intercontinental Double Championship match. Tetsuya Naito defeating Kazuchika Okada with a Destino in thirty-five minutes thirty-seven seconds to become the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Champion. And story time here. I mean, I wasn't a diehard Naito fan when I went to Wrestle Kingdom 12, my first Wrestle Kingdom that I attended live. But when I saw him fail, when everyone expected him to win, I needed to see the end of that story. I I needed to see Naito win after seeing his broken, desolate expression at the end of that match. So night two, January 5th, I'm sitting there next to you, Damon, in my Naito hat and my Naito t-shirt and my Naito hoodie like a fucking clown, knowing how big this night was because it felt like now or never for Naito. If he if he didn't win this one, then he was he was done as a serious threat, an IWGP heavyweight challenger. And he wasn't wearing a mask as he has done on previous occasions. And he looked confident and composed. And, and with the entrances, both guys coming out in their white robes, just looking absolutely glorious. It, it felt like two gods were about to go to war. And the atmosphere was electric. It was like a cup final. You you had the same tension and fear and excitement in the air. And I was on the edge of my seat throughout because you could never rule out the possibility that the Naito fans would get fucked again. The pacing was perfect. I could not believe how quickly the first 10 minutes flew by. And then the match built up brilliantly and he lived and died by every second of it. And you could see Naito's confidence grow when he started spitting in Okada's face. And that was important because that's the Naito we grew to love. Uh, and then we had Okada gradually lean into his prick heel side when he realized that this is not the same Naito that he comfortably beaten in the past. And he'd have to take every advantage he could. So he started going after Naito's bad knee. And they didn't do that too early. It took nearly 20 minutes and it was done incredibly well. And there was a heart-stopping count-out tease that I genuinely bought because he was so far away when, you know, it was hitting 17, 18, 19. But then it took Okada another 10 minutes to go back to it after Naito defiantly spat in his face and, and Okada's like, fuck this guy, and started ramming his knee into the mat. The crowd started booing. And that knee work paid off in the moment where Naito hit the Destino and he really cleverly shifted his weight. So he landed on the knee and then he couldn't make the pin fast enough because of the injury. And then they, they, they uh, I nearly died when they did the Wrestle Kingdom 12 finish callback of the Destiny yeah. and counted into the spinning tombstone and the yeah. Rainmaker. I honestly thought that was it. But then uh, we were looking at each other like, they're going to do it again. They're going to fuck him again. But then Naito kicked out and just the place exploded. And, and you had subtle differences from that Wrestle Kingdom 12 match. Like this time... Naito kept his head. He was tranquilo. And at Wrestle Kingdom 12, the Stardust genius took over uh, and choked under the bright lights. But this is a Naito who'd learned from that experience and had been biding his time and planning for this moment and done his homework and, and kept his cool. So 
we got the culmination of this tremendous story where the Stardust Genius and El Ingobernable were in perfect harmony. He just needed to stay tranquilo without losing himself. And like at Wrestle Kingdom 12, he hit the Gloria and then he started waving at the crowd looking for approval before he did the Stardust press. And fucking about like that, he missed it. It took too long and he lost the match. But this time, there wasn't any pandering to the crowd. He, he didn't need their blessing. He was confident what he was doing. He, he just did the scoop slam and confidently walked to the corner and he's thumping his chest to show his conviction. And as he climbed up that top rope, there were 30,000 people, me included, holding their breath. And what an amazing, incredible moment of drama and tension. And Naito absolutely nailed the Stardust press and I was jumping out of my seat. What what a beautiful piece of storytelling. Two years built around whether or not he can land a move that he used to do. And then Okada went for his old trick of reversing the Destino into the, the tombstone. But Naito was ready for it. And he's thrashing around because he knew it was death or glory. And he had a new move up his sleeve since last time. Just for this moment, the Valentia. And that was enough to make the difference. So he can hit that decisive Destino. Fulfill his own Destino. The dome fucking exploded. People were going absolutely wild. Like they just won the World Cup. And it just felt like a huge party that people have been waiting two years for. Some even longer. What an amazing moment. What a story. What a match. What a stunning piece of professional wrestling at its very, very best. This is the best match I've ever seen. It wasn't just because of the in-ring work, which was executed almost flawlessly, by the way. But I've seen matches that are more athletically spectacular than this. But no, it was the, the characters, the emotion, the waiting, the teases, the tragedy, the doubt, and finally the moment of glory. And there is nothing like professional wrestling to scratch that itch. Video games don't do it. TV, movies, books don't do it. You're not in control. Sports don't do it. And this match made me pity people who don't understand the crazy ride that pro wrestling can take you on when it's done right. And it's not always done right. It's rarely done right. But when it's fucking nailed perfectly like this, it it will create memories that stay with you forever. And this was one of them. Brilliant. Right? Uh, I mean, you couldn't have said it any better. Um, look, I, I've, I've, I've gone to live shows for many years uh, and and I've and I've seen you know the road warriors and that pop that they get I, and I've seen Hogan and I've seen Piper and I've seen Flair and I've seen Dusty and I've seen Liger and Tanahashi and Okada and uh, again the list goes on and on and I've been in buildings where it's been crazy and the heat has been unbelievable. I, you know, I'm that three count hit and I'm looking around that building and, I, and I'm just seeing pockets of the way that you described it, like the world cup win, just people holding each other, jumping up and down and hugging each other and just jumping up and down. In absolute joy, I see this one guy. Um, <laughs> you know, he just, he, he, uh, just double fist screaming at the top of his lungs in pure joy. Like you could tell, this dude, you know, has been on the entire ride. Um, yeah, from 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 
from a pure, what is pro wrestling? What is it supposed to be? Um, and and how it's able to wrap you in emotionally and, and, and the sport of it and and the theater of it and the drama of it and the emotion of it and when it's done right and not hokey and not making light of you you or your fandom or the seriousness of a, of a moment. When pro wrestling is done perfectly, I think the end result is what you saw there. Um, an unbelievable moment uh, and one that I'll take to my grave. And listen, I'm in no way... A, a guy who who is, you know, a Naito guy in the sense of, you know, I don't live and die by the guy. I like him. He's fine. Um, but seeing what he meant, like when I talk about Liger, I promise you that there are going to be people 10 years, 20 years from now, they're going to be doing a dumb show and they're going to make mention to uh, Naito and Wrestle Kingdom in that moment. I guarantee it because it was it really felt like it was something special, um, and and, it, and just a wonderful cap to two days at Wrestle Kingdom. So Okada and Naito there five and five now, and I'm sure they're going to meet again. Uh, this was the first non Okada or Tanahashi Wrestle Kingdom main event winner for ten years, and mm. we had uh, Naito doing a little callback to Wrestle Kingdom twelve by calling out to Okada after the match and saying, let's do it again. And Okada raised his fist, which was such Great. a cool moment. And then Naito goes for the roll call and he's doing his little speech and you know he does the eye thing and the fist thing and he's doing his grammatically uh, incorrect roll call. It's apparently supposed to be uh, nos sotros somos los ingobernables de Apple. So he's missing a verb there. And then as he goes, Los Ingobernables, and I was standing up, I was chanting along with him, I was shouting, Los Ingobernables, fucking Kenta. <laughs> Jumps in the ring, batters Naito, the fans were absolutely livid. I hated this, I was so angry, and it was brilliant. It was nuclear heat. Kenta had this massive shit-eating grin on his face, and for my opinion... I think this was a genius move. You know, what, what did the Knight of Man's really miss? Two words, right? So to me, I thought it was perfect. We got the moment of glory. We got him with his two belts. You know, we got his music playing. And I think it's smart to keep the LIJ fans salty so they keep tuning in because now they want to see Ken to get his ass kicked and they want to see that full roll call, which hopefully they're going to see at New Beginning in Osaka. So I thought this was really smart. Are you in agreement? Yeah, yeah, I actually I am. Um, <clears throat> right, the only thing that they missed were, were the streamers, right at the end, and and the party at the end. Now instead, you're right. It it's there to lure in those 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 passionate those Ingobernables fans that have stuck by Naito 100. percent And again, people might think that oh, here's another little tiny dig at Naito. He doesn't even get the full fucking party at the end. Well, yeah. Yeah, because you guys wanted that party, right? And now you got a guy who took it away from you. And now you are going to then spend your money to see Kenta get his ass kicked. That's called pro wrestling. That's why it's great. So, no. Um, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was actually really well done. 
Um, and you're right. Whew. I mean, there were people in that aisle as he was going up, and we were right there, right near the aisle. Um, oh, he was getting it, and he was getting it good for those fans. Um, and again, not just like you know. I, I, sorry, David, to interrupt. The key thing is that Kenta's getting that heat and the hate, not the Bookers. Correct. It's not like fuck this company. It's fuck you, Kenta. Correct. You did this. You're a little shit. Right. And that's. I mean, trust me. Uh, who, whoever's writing this stuff is smiling ear to ear, right? Because that that's pro wrestling. So again, uh, it's good that you feel that little taste in your mouth that you didn't get everything that you that you wanted, but you did. You had a great night. You had a great moment. You had everything that you could ask for. Uh, and now you're going to have a little bit more because now you have an interesting program with Kenta, um, who, again, those fans fucking hated. Oh my god. I mean, seriously, like screaming <laughs> hatred. And again, not just American, you know, the, the American fans that you would typically expect. Uh, I mean, these are people that uh, you would generally generally consider reserved, just letting it all hang out. So, uh, again, Pro Wrestling 101, great job. Love the show. Uh, super thumbs up. Great match. Um, and a great weekend uh, at the Tokyo Dome. And yeah, look. Again, I'm bringing I'm bringing the wife, and you know she's not, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, a pro wrestling fan. I mean, she likes pro wrestling in the sense that I enjoy it, and that you know she has a you know a knowledge of it. And but she's not tuning in every week. Uh, and she left that building, and you know she's like, that was fun. That was really fun. Um, and it helped her enjoy Dash even more. I think um, she saw the passion in, in us. She saw the passion of thirty thousand plus in, at a big building, at a big event, um, and and I, I feel like there was almost like a light bulb. Like, okay, I, I see why people can dig this, and I see why you guys do what you do because that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think Kenta is a, a perfect first defense for Naito, and it just proves that old thing. Like losing the Never Talk to Gotta at Wrestle Kingdom is really good for your career if you you track the history of other people who've lost it. Uh, how long do you think Naito's going to reign for? Because I could see him holding it until the dome next year, personally. Yeah, I I think we got a year of of of, of him as, as champion. I don't think um, this is not going to be a quick one. That that that's for sure. I think that would be pretty depressing, actually. Um, I th- I think I'll hang on to it for a while. And Murdoch says, now that it's done, do you think it was a mistake to not strap Naito two years ago or do you think it works out better now in the whole scope of things? For me personally, I think it's worked out better this way because if he'd have won it at Wrestle Kingdom 12, I would have been like, okay, that's cool, but I wouldn't have had that emotional investment in it. Yeah, and I, and, and again, if you're an LIJ fan, maybe you would agree with that. Um, I know, it's hard to say. I mean, look, I think we've got... Well, could I have done without a lot of the Kenny drama? Um yeah, but again, I think we had some pretty great matches. And let's be truthful, that him chasing that title was with against Okada, I, I did enjoy um, a lot of elements of that. Um, look, uh, they they took us on a ride, um, and at times it was you were you were questioning where they were taking you. But um, if you trusted you, if you trusted the pilot, you wound up being in a really nice spot, right? It the, the views the views are pretty amazing from here. So, um, and I'm sure uh, if you're even more of a passionate fan than I am of Naito specifically, you uh, you you like the view right now. 
All right, well, let's quickly go through New Year Dash then. So, first of all, we started off with the Egyptian Thunderliger final ceremony. I wasn't at Dash, by the way. I'd gone back to Shaman by then. And uh, So, for this retirement ceremony, we had the Hontai guys come out to uh, have their pitch taken with him. They're the Chaos guys without Ishii for some reason. And then we had Liger's wife and son come out. And Tanahashi was crying. We got a video message from Antonio Inoki. You could hear Chris Charlton losing it on commentary. Uh, Damon, how was it for you? Tears. Um, yeah, it was amazing. I I feel so. I mean, honored, blessed, privileged to be in that building. Um, it was wonderful, man. Um, I I tweeted it out, and you know, again, it's not often that I, that I get on to share something like that, but I just wish the man nothing but happiness because that's what he gave me. Um, it's, it was fantastic. Um, it was respectful and fitting and funny at times and everything that you could possibly ask for something like that. Um, I appreciate everything that he's done for the sport. I appreciate everything he's done for, for my fandom. Um, and a lot of people's fandom. It was, it was, again, it wasn't overblown. The video pack, I'll tell you what, the video package was amazing and the highlights and the clips. And, um, I'll tell you what, where I lost my shit was the, the, the 10 bell salute. And I'm just counting those fucking bells and I'm just like, Oh my God. Like it was like, you were thrilled for the man and you were happy for him. Um, but you were you were sad to see it go. You know, it was all those emotions. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I I yeah, I wasn't I I I had the red eyes. There's no doubt, uh, and a lump in the throat. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was unbelievable to be there for that moment. I'm not gonna lie. It was it's something I'll take to my grave. And here's the thing that's cool too. Like and and again, I talked about it a, a couple shows ago. To to be able to share that with my wife, who's sitting here hoping that we we wrap up soon and go out. <laughs> um, and she giggled. Um, I, I'm so thrilled that I was able to share that with her. Um, and that that means more to me than just about anything else. It was really just a great moment for me. So it was awesome. All right, quick thoughts on the matches then. First match, we had Alex Coughlin, Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks defeating Yuya Uemura, Yotosuji, Toa Hinari. Carl Fredericks getting the uh, submission over Uemura with 10 minutes 40 seconds with the elevated half Boston Crab. Uh, Coglin and Suji getting fired up, smacking each other was great. Uh, Suji continues to be my personal favourite. Uh, they just seem to be letting these this class of young lines do more moves than previous classes. And Hinari looked on top form too. And I was surprised he didn't get the win here because you got one established, got, well one non young non young line, and then five young lines. And one of the young lines picks up a win. Um, so yeah, Hinari's looking good. I'd like to see him lean more into the Muay Thai, make that gimmick. You know, get himself a new finisher where he grabs a tie clinch and these people in the head until they die or something like that. And uh, Liam on our Discord made a really good point and said, Carl Fredericks and Yuya Oemura are the new golden lovers. Uh, mm-hmm. I just love Carl's drop kick where he does that little mid-air flip. And yeah, surprised he got the pin, but I shouldn't be surprised. How bloody good is that young man? This was great. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a, a fun, quick sprint Young Lions match. I love these Young Lions matches, man. 
they're they're a highlight of a lot of these shows for me. Um, yeah, and 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 speaking of Hanari, he he even mentioned that that he is. It's funny that you mentioned that because he mentioned that at at the lunch that we had, um, how he wants to incorporate a lot more um, that uh, almost even like you know that 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 kick that he has. It's almost like a kickboxing influenced uh, kick that he does. And and um, he even mentioned like a lot of the MMA training um, that he likes to do, what he wants to do more of, and um, just a real interesting. Thing. Like he made mention that like like, and we were talking a little bit about MMA, about how he. I was like, I, I made mention. I made a comment of man, I just can't imagine getting hit in the face. Like it's just a joke. You know, I just can't imagine getting punched in the face. He's like, dude, I love it. I was like, what? He goes, I love it he's like it wakes me up it it gets me going like it, it like it puts me in the moment it gets me more focused he's like i i love it he goes even in wrestling I, like i want to be hit as hard as like as 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 you know somebody can hit me and i was like all right well who's hitting you the hardest and he's like well he goes suzuki he goes suzuki will take guys in the back and just pound on them right <laughs> just like like the stories that 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 Kevin Kelly tell about you know how Suzuki's in the back you know just tearing up you know young lions you know warming up that that's true right apparently according to Honore and then um he even mentioned uh the guy who hit him the hardest Davy Boy Smith Jr. he said he laid into him one time and rang his bell he's like he just he just hit so heavy um I thought that was pretty interesting so there you go two little two little tidbits for you Second match was a four-way tag match with El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru uh, defeating El Fantasma and Taiji Ishimori, Bushi and Hiromu and Sho and Yo. So Desperado pinned Sho in 30 minutes 29 with the El Escalero. Uh, this was a fun match. I liked Hiromu wearing his mask that had tributes to you know, Liger and Kamatachi and, and all sorts of stuff on there. And fun match, yeah. Uh, Despian Nobu getting the next title shot, you would imagine. And uh, I was just watching the backstage interviews and they really keep it this long-term thing with Ishimori and Kanemaru going because like Kanemaru always beats him and then Ishimori was saying uh, to showing Yo like please don't lose the title to those guys because he doesn't want to face Kanemaru anymore and he, he'd rather stay away from him so I thought that was quite funny but yeah exciting match I like this one yep Vito uh, being there live was a sprint um, for 30 minutes which is pretty amazing the pace that they were keeping um, yep I, 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 I mean it, it could have been easily a clusterfuck with with all the all the people in there, um, but it wasn't. It looked like they they, they everybody got times to shine, um, but it wasn't a mess. So uh, and being there live, it was it was pretty exciting and, and lots of energy. Looked good. Third match: Kota Ibushi, Hiroshi Tanahashi, David Finley, Juice Robinson defeat Chase Owens. Farley, Tagala, Tamatonga. Ibushi pins Chase Owens in 11 minutes 39 with a Kamigoye. So this was a, an Ibushi rehab match. Uh, Andrew says, "What are your thoughts on Ibushi moving on to the tag match with Tanahashi right away? I think it'll be a good match because looking forward to seeing what he'd do in singles following two losses. Would it weigh on him, etc.? It, it seems based on backstage stuff that Chase Owens is." challenging Ibushi to a singles match but then also Ibushi and Tanahashi are going to challenge Finley and Juice for the tag titles which uh, the the latter of those that tag title match should be really good and something that I'm excited about yeah that, and again we talked about it you know in three nights we were able to instantly give new life to uh, the tag title scene 
I love the idea of Tana uh, taking a little bit of a break um, in a tag situation, um, if possible. Uh, I like the idea of Abushi and Tana. It's kind of like a little bit of a dream team for Finley and, and Juice to uh, get a title defense for. Um, I don't expect titles to change hands, but um, I, I, I'd actually be kind of shocked that they did to Tana and, and Abush, but I like the idea of the, those two guys challenging. Uh, I, I think it's a very sexy tag team. Fourth match, we had Shingo Takagi and Evil defeating Ishii and Hiroki Goto. 60 minutes, 28 seconds. Shingo pinned Goto after Last of the Dragon. And I can summarize this match with this sound. David, this is fucking great. This is yeah. one of the best New Japan tag matches I can remember. And I really hope these tag teams are long-term. Shingo and Evil didn't even bother to bring out the fucking six-man belts. But, I mean, aside from that, this was the beefiest, the the lariatist match of all time. It was awesome. Yeah. This is what this is what those those anti Jay White in ring fans this is this is their wheelhouse. This is what this is what they live and die for. These type of matches. Um yeah, live, let me tell you. Again, I, I use Cheryl as a as a barometer here. Like she's like, what the fuck? Like some of these shots she's just like, holy shit. Um which, which made me laugh. I was actually uh, enjoyed that. Um, I, I look, I, I Okada and Abushi and Will and 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 Hiromo and all great matches. The, the, I I think this tag match is in the mix for one of the the best matches of the of the weekend. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Small intimate crowd heard every shot ring through the the arena which is a real cool arena it's very um circular um it felt like loved it i thought this match ruled um and this is what the fans of of the beefy pro wrestling uh they had their pants down during this one fifth match we had robbie eagles will Ospreay, yoshihashi because it's got okada defeating taichi lance archer zach saber jr minora suzuki after a dq when taichi nailed okada in the face with those izuka iron claws so uh, this is just one of those matches that's setting up uh, a lot of future programs. So we're going to get Taichi versus Okada. Uh, Robbie Eagles just got battered by everyone. We're going to get Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay. Moxley versus Suzuki. So Moxley came out afterwards and, and there was some interaction there. Um, so yeah, just a, a, a setup match for stuff that presumably we're going to get a new beginning. Yep, yep. Just this, this is your... Um, if Wrestle Kingdom is your end of programs, this is your beginning, and this match helped set the platform for a lot of that that we'll see in 2020. And then in our main event, we had Sonata and Tetsuya Naito defeating Jay White and Kenta. Sonata pinning Jay White in 30 minutes 58 with an O'Connor bridge. Just the, again, as we said before, the heat that Kenta gets, and he's just having the time of his life out there. He's dancing. He's just absolutely loving it at the moment. You know, you think back to how he was misused in WWE and see just the absolute mayhem he's causing out there. And it just puts a smile on your face, even though he's a massive shitbag. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is amazing when, I mean, not to be negative, but it's amazing what you can do when you're a promotion who takes this shit somewhat seriously, right? And makes an effort to play up the strengths of a character as opposed to just shoehorning him in and and 
doing what's going to get me a, a you know a seventy something year old guy a giggle. Um, he's a heel, and he, and right now to me he's the hottest heel in the business. Um, there's there's not a lot of guys to get that nuclear heel heat. Um, he's one of them. Here's the, here's the thing though. Um, so there was a certain point at the end where it felt like you're beating like we get it your heels <laughs> you know what i mean like you don't have to keep going with it um it felt like it went on a little while but um look they were able to milk it for all it's worth and he's the hottest heel in the business right now so overall david were you satisfied with this episode of new year dash because i thought it was a really fun show but uh, a lot of people do work themselves up into a real frenzy with it crazy theories and this is going to happen this swerve this person's going to there's going to betray this one and there's going to be a faction shake up and this person's going to return this person's going to debut they are not making themselves disappointed well i mean you can come up with any crazy booking fantasy scenario you want um and then wind up being disappointed um i like i like the show a lot um it's it's just what the name says. It's a New Year dash. <laughs> it's quick. It's 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 in you know in and out. Um, I think they set up some some really interesting programs for 2020. Um, I don't think everything has to have this major earth shattering, groundbreaking angle or debut or what have you. Um, and I and here's the thing: they they set up things like they normally. Do. I mean, last year. I mean, it was the Jay White showcase, right? And and it ended very similar to, with Kenta. Um, a, a year before, you had Suzuki Goon re-debut. Okay, I mean, I well, I don't know what I don't know what people expected. That, that's what I don't. I mean, I don't know what people expected uh, to be disappointed. I thought it, I thought the show delivered, and I thought it, it delivered as intended. Well, look, we got setups. We're looking at new beginning, potentially Rapongi 3K versus Desperado and Kanemaru, Finjuice versus Ibushi Tanahashi, Shingo versus Goto, Hiromu versus Ryuli, Ishii versus Evil, Osprey versus Zack, Yoshihashi versus Archer, Taichi versus Okada, Suzuki versus Moxley, Jay White versus Sanada, and a confirmed main event for New Beginning of the Sakajo Hall is Kenta versus Tetsuya Naito for double IWGP gold. So to me, that looks tremendous, and I'm really excited to see how these matches play out. Yeah, fresh, um, new. Uh, you know, we're 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 still in that stage of of giving guys even more shine and 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 more to do, and even you know again. Guy and it goes through the entire roster. Guys like Robbie Eagles, um, Will Osprey, um, Zach, uh, tag situation. I think it's a, a breath of fresh air and a new life. Um, I think I, I'm I'm excited for it. Honestly, I think 20 is going to be great. Um, look, if 19 is an indicator and early 2020, we were in for a nice little ride. But it's going to be fun. Uh, with a full in-depth preview of all eight Fantastic Mania shows started this Friday. Take it away, Damon. I'm going out to... I forget, my, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Fuck out of here. We did this for three hours. I'm, you're not getting Fantastic Mania from me tonight. 
Uh, I nearly got you there. Mm. All right, uh, let's wrap it up then. So, uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to give us some money. And thanks to our sponsors, manscaped.com. Use promo code superjcast to get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, join our Discord. The link to that is in the show notes. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash superjcast. Big thanks to editor Dan. You can visit his YouTube channel and Twitter at Escape with Watch UK. Subscribe to Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for the great shoes. Give us a five-state review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.